Welcome to Betamax Rewind, the only podcast where 50% of its contributors can recognize a good movie when they see one. The other half is a bunch of curmudgeons. Here are two guys who need near-constant validation of the good things they do. Matt and Doug. Well, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> it's always it's always a crapshoot when I'm going into that blind. It's like a... Well, boy. What's Doug gonna What's Doug gonna say bad about me? Yes, <laughs> there is no lack of things he probably could say. So it's Matt. How you doing, Doug? I'm good, man. I'm hanging in there. Uh, Thursday at three o'clock in the afternoon. Well, for you, for me, yeah. And we'll get into that as in what you up to. Why we're doing it Thursday in the middle of the day. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump into. And now it's time for podcast housekeeping all right my week i'll go first sure you had mentioned something about john wayne playing genghis khan yes he also played a roman soldier in the greatest story ever told okay truly this man was the son of god his only line in that movie yeah, he couldn't even bother to put on like some kind of an accent. He just did it in his John Wayne voice. Yes. So, uh, hmm, interesting. Uh, previously Unlost, previously Unlost, was actually done by Lloyd Braun. The guy who who played Lloyd Braun on Seinfeld? No, the actual guy that Lloyd <laughs> Braun, Braun's name came from. Okay. So, it was not... Morgan Freeman, or I can't remember who he's. Lawrence, I said Lawrence Fishburne, whose daughter is in porn, by the way. Oh, I don't, I don't know if she still is. I assume she's probably dead by now. Yeah, yeah, that was a big. That was back when the Matrix first came out. I think was when she made her debut in porn. So that was a that was a long time ago. That was a hot hot second ago. Yeah, exactly. All right, the Thin Red Line set song. The bleh. words words, Doug. Yes, I have trouble with words. The song from the Thin Red Line soundtrack is this. Okay. In in the movie last week we talked about oh what what did he what did the one guy that was only in one scene say? She, he didn't say she had a great rack. He said she had Great knockers, I think. Yes, yes. And I said, is there a more 50s term than that? Mm -hmm. Uh, And you said something about Animal House, I think. Was it Animal? Yes, it was Animal House. Which is actually 1962. Okay. But this clip is actually from Animal House. She's got a couple of major league yabos. Yabos. Yeah, which is uh, Apache for huge tits. Oh, sure it is. Okay. (laughs) Uh, the Heavenly Kid. Yes. That's the movie we were trying to think of. You said Heaven Help Us. Yes. And that's uh, Catholic Boys School with Donald Sutherland and Andrew McCarthy. It's actually kind of Porky's in a parochial school is how I would describe it. All right. I've seen it, I think. There's a vomit scene, which I remember being funny in that film. All right. Okay. The vegetable oil that Jen cooked with was actually expired for nine years. Oh, <laughs> so it's See, even. Worse. I thought that that was kind of one of those things like honey that never goes bad. I would have thought that too. And have you ever volunteered at a, a food bank? No, I have not. Uh, one of the things with food banks is a lot of the food is expired or near mm. expired. 
Yes. But when something, let's say it, it today is what, February, February, March 10th, I think? March 10th or March 9th. I don't know. Okay. So let's just say for, for, for argument's sake, it's March 10th. I believe it is March 10th. And I, I'm having a salad. And I pull out some ranch dressing from the refrigerator. And it has an expiration date of March 8th. I'm oh. still putting ranch dressing on my salad. December of 2021. Would you still put ranch dressing on your salad? I might give it the finger test first. But yeah, yeah. probably still. Yeah. I got a real problem with dairy. That's even... Two days expired. It's just that creeps me out a little bit. Yeah, I Jen is. If it's within a day, if, if it's expires tomorrow, yeah, she doesn't want to eat it today. Oh, all right. It's a little too much. So mm-hmm. I had actually talked about uh, pulling a potsy. Yes. And this is one where I have to try to do this live because this is the thing I had a problem with. And I said, "Do you remember what I said? Pulling a potsy was throwing the basketball over the backboard." Is that how it sounds? Are you there, Matt? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I didn't hear anything. Like I said, so, that is the clip that is problematic. You couldn't hear anything there? Nope, it was dead air, man. You can't hear that right there. No. Hmm. That's interesting. It'll, it'll be interesting to see if it actually shows up on the podcast, but I could hear it, and it showed up on the board as being there, so... Oh, I said the right. one site, if I pull clips from that one site, it, it is just odd. Okay. I brought up the Houdini from Urban Dictionary. Yes. Y- yes, that is when you're doing a chick doggy. You spit on her back. She looks to see what it is, and then you jizz in her eye. Or there's the, there's a couple ones that came up as, because I looked this up as well, is also the thing where you pull out, swap in a friend, and wave from the outside. That's okay. also It's also listed as, as the Houdini. Oh, all right. You know, I did not get a chance to look it up, and maybe I will during the movie, but I could did not check if you can still pump or if you can now pump your own gas in New Jersey or not. I have no idea. But uh, there was a question about what Kitty was climbing up and down on, and I said it was a lattice, and you said it was a trellis. Uh-huh. A lattice is big, which is what she was crawling up and down on. A trellis is small, something that you plant into the ground and flowers grow up. Okay. It's not what I found, but that's fine. Um, you had talked about uh, Jack LaLanne mm-hmm. died young. Define young. You define young. You're the one that said it. Did he die at 83 or 84? Oh, no. Okay. Jack LaLanne lived to be 96 years old. Oh, okay. So all that good working out in his jumpsuit did we're, him good. We were actually, or I was thinking of when I brought it up, Jim Fix. Uh, Fix was kind of like uh, a bum, fat body guy, and he decided at the age of 35 to quit smoking and start running. And he actually wrote several books on running marathons, and he became a world-renowned marathon runner before dropping dead at 52 of a heart attack. Mm. Oh. <laughs> so there's there's no hope for us. It's, no, it's, there it's, really it's is too no late for hope, us. hope for us. Uh, the priceless commercial that is MasterCard. Okay. Uh, we had talked about... Uh, the oldest woman that we'd ever fooled around with. Mm-hmm. And I think you brought up the librarian from Friends. Yes. You know what? I just want to point out, I never did anything to hurt you in high school. That's not totally true. What? What? 
Well, you, you did start that rumor about Ross making out with Mrs. Altman, our 50-year-old librarian. How did you know that? It's true? No. Yes, Bear it with is. It. It's I a saw long you clip. guys going at it behind the card catalog. <laughs> hey, what were you doing in the library? They had magazines. I'm sorry. When you were in high school, you made out with a 50-year-old woman? Hey, she didn't look 50. Did she look 16? <laughs> oh, there's a picture of her in the yearbook, actually. Oh. There's a cap right there. Wow. That's why I kept the whole thing. She didn't photograph well. Well, she probably wasn't familiar with the process, having spent most of her life sitting for oil paintings. So how did this happen? Did she, did she lure you to an early bird dinner? <laughs> I was working late in the library one afternoon. It was just the two of us. She needed some help with her word jumble. And one thing led to another. If you must know, Anita was very gentle and tender. Here it comes. May she rest in peace. And, and for the record, no, you still cannot pump your gas, own gas in New Jersey. Really? Yes. That's crazy. Yep. That's crazy talk. Uh, we talked about a Family Guys clip that I tried fitting into the podcast and I couldn't. Right. Is that the 50s woman? Yes. Uh, okay. You... <laughs> so I see you graduated number one in your class from Princeton. That's right. And I'm certified as an accountant and also have a law degree. That's all very impressive. We'll keep you in mind. Let's see. Pointy boobs, medium pointy boobs, not so pointy boobs. That's a shame. It's three boxes behind his desk. And he puts the resume into into the not so pointy boobs box. The scar on your shoulder is from the smallpox vaccine. Okay. And I did get the polio vaccine. Are you sure? Positive. It it was I- it was ended in the very, very late seventies. I think I got the polio. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I did. But we did not get the smallpox vaccine. Yeah, I did. Are you sure? Smallpox. Yes. The thing that they cured back in the 1800s. Yep. My parents were very, very thorough. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't have a scar on my shoulder. I do. All right. Uh, dot, dot, dot. Kenny's car was a 1955 Chevy Bel Air. The seats so not a not a fifty seven Chevy. Correct, fifty five Chevy. Um, uh-huh. Seats were vinyl, and okay. Christine was a fifty seven Plymouth Fury. All right, and mischief so, took place in nineteen fifty six. So yes, all right. Uh, do I need to do blind Fonzie now, or is that are you saving that? It'll come up again if you do it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no reason to do it now. Okay, uh, it is Jai Courtney, not Kai Courtney. Kai Court, did I say Kai Courtney? Yes, you did. Okay. In uh, my mind, I see K A I, but it's J A I. All right. Uh, Dead Again was released in 1991. That is the Kenneth Branagh film. All right. That we talked about, and that is all I have except for the long segment. Okay. Who did it better? Was it Doug or Matt? 
I try to do these actually in the order that they appear in the podcast. All right. Um, just because I'm working left to right anyway, so it's easiest to do that. Uh, the first one is both of us. Get your ass to Mars. Get your ass to Mars. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> for the record, I think this week is a runaway. Um, <laughs> the the next one is just me, and this will be the last time this one ap- appears. Okay. Don't tell me what I can't do. Don't tell me what I can't do. That's pretty spot on. Yes. Uh, the next one is you. So you I'll kill you, Cunningham. I'll kill you. <laughs> what did he do to you, baby? I hate your guts, Cunningham. You hear me? I hate your guts. Look what they do this to you. Oh. I didn't know what you were talking about when you first had that but you were pretty close when he was talking to the the remnants of his bike that were had well, been dropped on the floor in front of him after he says how could i do how could they do this to you he looks up at god and he goes how could you do this to me yeah i I'm the fans I, I thought you i was your favorite is i believe what he actually says oh all right and okay. i know that just from listening to that clip today <laughs> uh next one is you like what you see costanza Get a good look, Costanza. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, next one is also you. Do you want to be an asshole for the rest of your life? Do you want to be an asshole all your life? Yeah, pretty close. After listening to the podcast and listening to those sound clips a third time, I bet they tried getting Nick Cage for that part. That He, he would pretty much be able to just drop in, plug and play there, I think. Yeah. And that would be... A, was that be that would have been before Peggy Sue got married? So he might not have even been well known enough. Well, he sounds he sounds super nasally in Peggy Sue got married. Yeah, and I think Peggy Sue got married was his first starring role because I mean he was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, I wouldn't even call that a starring role. I think that would be supporting male lead. Okay, for not not lead supporting male. Yes. Uh, next one's also you. Every day, yeah. do, do, do. every day, it's a getting closer. Yeah. Uh, next one is both of us. You're a wizard, Harry. You're a wizard, Harry. You're a wizard, Harry. Yeah, mine's better. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, only two left, and they are both you. <laughs> oh. Dun, dun, Too early. Dun, 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 this is dun, 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 dun. Mine was definitely more definitive as to what yeah, it was. I think so. And the last one is yours. You you absolutely get it wrong. I'm a simple man, Matt. I like butter in my ass. I like simple pleasures like butter in my ass, lollipops in my mouth. That's just me. That's just something that I enjoy. Call me crazy. Call me a pervert. Da, da, da. Yeah, it's it's all you this week. Yeah, I think so. I, I was, yeah. But one thing I did did not actually say in uh, the housekeeping section proper is I really enjoyed last week's podcast. So did I. I thought it was actually really good. There were several laugh out loud moments. I know we were all over Hell's Half Acre with talking about this and talking about that, but I really thought, especially coming off of one that I thought was a little bit out of sync. I thought it was a great bounce back podcast and I thought it was really, really good. Hell's half acre. <clears throat> why, why have I just recently heard that term? 
Uh, I think it's on. It's in 1883. Yes, yes, it is because that Fort Worth is that what they referred Fort Worth to? It's right outside of Fort Worth, I believe. Okay, all right. And all right, there was a a clip that I almost pulled, but it has nothing to do with this film, and you will get to it in the next couple days. Is there is a clip from episode three of season four of Yellowstone that I think you'll get a kick out of. <laughs> episode three of season four. I Okay. I just finished up the first episode of season four. And I don't know if I have any more that I can watch. You do. You have the, the first three and then the 10th one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. Hey, man, what's new now? What's fucking new now? You're weak. All right. So I don't have jack shit. I have, very, well, I shouldn't say I don't have jack shit. I have very little uh, because it's only been a hot second since we did our last podcast. The reason why we're doing our podcast on a Thursday afternoon is because normally when some one of us has a conflict on a Saturday, we do it Thursday evening, correct? Yes. But my missus has a church council meeting and she is the secretary, so she needs her computer. And Does she poor, wear the little so- cat glasses? She does not wear little cat glasses, but she's one of the skirt. (laughs) Come on. Jesus Christ, Matt. We're talking about church. And (laughs) Uh, we only have one laptop uh, in the house. So and she needs that laptop. And could we do it after their church council meeting? No, because she doesn't get home until nine o'clock because there's a bunch of old people that just blather on about mindless shit that have nothing to do with the church. And she's just sitting there tapping her fingers on the table going, oh, fuck, will you people shut up? I got I to gotta get home and kiss my babies goodnight. So that's why. And why aren't we doing it on Saturday? Well, Friday night, I'm spending the night in a World War II submarine with 64 other people. And Ear Penis has done the same super trip for Cub Scouts. And he says, yeah, don't plan on sleeping. You're just not going to sleep. The beds are uncomfortable. It creaks. It groans. It rocks gently. There's kids crying. It stinks like diesel. You're just not going to sleep. Okay. And then we have to race home an hour and 40 minutes to do our scouting for food pickup. Got that until about 1 o'clock. Then I have to race to a school in Oconomowoc to see my kids' jazz solo ensemble competition. And I just figured I'd be a complete fucking wreck on Saturday night. Yeah. No, I I get it. You know, And the funny thing is every time that you, you talk about how, you know, you're busy. Mm-hmm. Jen says he's not fucking working right now, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's that's great, but it's busy in terms of like doing family shit and doing, you know, I, we're not going to do the podcast at ten o'clock in the, on a Tuesday morning. No, no, yeah. So it's February and March are always crazy on the weekends. We just have a lot of things going on. Once we get to April, not as many crazy things on the weekends. Just full fact, during the I, week. Yeah. Yeah, I I think this might be the last weekend that is kind of weird. But, well, no, I take that back because we're leaving for spring break Sunday, but not into the afternoon. So we could still do a podcast next Saturday. Okay. You all done? Uh, no, I'm not. My son, he had a, his regular school band concert, and I figured he has, for jazz, he's got to wear a tie. So I'm like, you know what? I've never tie to Windsor knot. I always just do the half-ass, sure. flip it around, flip yep. it around th- through the back. So I went to YouTube and 
watched a dozen videos on how to do a Windsor and still somewhat befuddled. I still got it, but I, I can't get the knot nice and crisp. It's just kind of a fat knot. But doing my darndest. Uh, I think that that's an important knot to know instead of the – because whenever I do the regular knot, it's always kind of cockeyed to the side. Sure. I can never get it all the way straight. But with a Windsor, it's nice, even triangle, and it comes right down the middle. It does look sharp when it's done well. But then that got me to thinking with his band concert, when we were in middle school, we had two band teachers. Right. Um, One of them was my neighbor. Mr. Chandler. Yes. And the other other one was the comb over. Yeah. Yeah, the comb over, I forgot about that he had a comb over. And they had three grades, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade to contend with between two teachers, and they didn't have a jazz band. Yeah, they did. They they did? Yeah, there was a a jazz band. I'm going to have to look in the yearbook and see if there's a I don't know if it shows up in the yearbook, but I know for a fact there was a jazz band in in middle school. because I know there was one in high school. They they did not meet in the band room because right next to the band room was, the I think, the chorus room, Hmm. like behind the stage, behind the gym. Okay. And that is where jazz band met. It wasn't a, oh. it wasn't like a class. It was, it was a club. Like it was a, a club, club, yes. All right. All right. So we have, at our school, we have one band teacher, and he takes care of fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, and does jazz band, and does all these solo ensembles. I mean, hats off. The, the guy, his sense of humor is dry as fuck, and he's not the greatest communicator, but that's a lot to put on one person's plate. Sure. So. If, if I had to guess, I would say if you went, I, I, I'm willing to bet that at least one of KM's band people, uh, teachers, is a KM band alumni. All right. Not sure, but that's what I would bet. You don't get that very often these days. No, but I, there's a lot more people that have stayed in that area, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I, why I, would you? Why would you want to leave this area? That's the thing. It's nice and red. Uh, it's got everything that you need. You're close to everything. Isn't your governor blue? Yeah, but this area is the 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 Wow counties, the Waukesha, Ozaki, Washington, are super red. Okay, I've never heard it called that before. Okay, and is it? I, it used to be Waukesha County used to be in like the top five richest counties in the country i think a lot of those are probably moving to arizona and texas and florida with the all the blue hairs moving south with all their millions of dollars yeah i mean but there was you know there was money around where we grew up well oh there still is there's a couple of lakes that are super fucking high society lakes i mean you you can't be poor and live on a lake in this area you've is Dover Bay still the like no. big thing? Nah, those houses are all fifty years old. But wasn't I mean Dover Bay was like a huge deal. People that lived sure. in Dover Bay back then. Yeah, but now all the houses are are getting old. Just like some of the golf courses, like Bristlecombe Pines, that was the big thing. And yeah, those are big houses. They're nice houses, but now they're all thirty, thirty five years old. And I have a lot of customers in there, and you can just see, yeah, all these houses need attention. They need some, some work. Shape or, yeah, they need some work. But yeah, there's like Pine Lake, Beaver Lake, Lock LaBelle, some of the Oconomowoc Lake. You've got to have a gajillion dollars to live on those lakes. There, There's one. I, I lived in Oconomowoc for a long time. 
uh, somewhere in Oconomowoc on one of the lakes is a huge fucking mansion. Talking, oh, there's several. Talking like probably... museum-sized mansion. Yeah, Oconomowoc Lake has a couple of those. Okay. Never saw them. Mm. All right. Probably... I've, been in, I've been in a couple. Um, they're, but that's exactly what they are. They're like fucking museums. You know, to get from one side to the other, or if you're in your bedroom to answer the door, you have to pack a lunch. Are you like Rocky? You get in like the little Model T car that you're driving around with your, your son? Yes. I think that's Rocky 3. But, okay, now are you done? Now I'm done. Okay. So you actually brought this up probably, might have even been a year ago. You woke up and your neck was all fucked up. Do you remember that? Mm, maybe. So every every Wednesday... I have uh, I have to get up early for work. I have to be hands on keyboard at six o'clock for stuff. And I got up, you know, five forty-five because I have to go from my bedroom down to my office. I don't have to go mm-hmm. far, and I'm not on camera, so I don't have to worry about any of that kind of stuff. And I could not move my head at all. I don't mm. know what it was, but my neck was all sorts of fucked up, and. I took some some pills in it. it. It's much better just a day later. But I, I don't know if I slept on it wrong or the dog bit me. I don't know what it was, but my neck was all kinds of fucked up. And then we actually got an announcement that we are the office that, and this is where it's a little bit confusing because there's a company I work for and there's a company that I work at. The company I work for, has their office has been open for basically a year at this point. You can go in there whenever you want. I don't because I don't work there. I work a different place. The company that I work at, their office is opening in two weeks. And they said, once we're open, we will work out when you work from home, when you actually are supposed to be in the office. And I'm looking forward to being in the office at least like part of the time. Mm -hmm. But last time I was there, somebody else was sitting at my desk um, they'd packed up all my stuff and locked it. Oh, in. you just totally sounded like Christopher Walken right there. Somebody was sitting at my desk. <laughs> okay. So I, I don't know how that's going to work out, but I, I had to go into. Were they masturbating to pictures of your wife? No, she was not. <laughs> but um, it's, a, it's an office, Doug. <laughs> well, if there's cube, if there's, if it's a cube, if there's walls, you know. Excuse me, sir. This is an Arby's. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with that joke, but. Uh, yes, I am. But uh, I had to go into the office that's been open for a year at this point for, I had to go in for a one-on-one, like a quarterly review type thing. And I I shaved my beard off. But before I had shaved my beard off a couple of days before, sometimes I, I get kind of annoyed with just the mustache and right around like the corners of the lips. The hairs just kind of creeping in. See, there's a, there's a there's a gay joke hiding in there somewhere. I'm sure there is. It's hiding in the closet of that joke. But I I shaved it and nobody said anything about it. Uh, okay. Except my sister in law said something about. Has anybody ever told you you look Amish? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I shaved it this way. Why did you shave it this way? Why not? I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Cluster calling you Jebediah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm afraid of horses, though. All right. So that's that's a problem. That is a problem. 
All right. Well, that's that's all I got. So time for. Matt and Doug are at it again. Guess that sound and you are awesome. What movie will it be from? I really want to know. I am 99.7% sure you will get this sound clip. Okay. Oh, shit. Incoming! Oh, yeah, okay, I know what it is. Actually, if I hadn't known it, that very last eh, yeah. would, would have given it to me. That's uh, my Uncle Hulka <laughs> from Stripes with Bill Murray. Yes, yes. getting blown up off the uh, obstacle course tower. Spent a lot of money teaching you how to fire that thing. Now set it, then fire it. Sir, we don't know where the shells are going. The only way to learn anything is to do it. Now fire the weapon. It's John Lerkat. And Timothy Busfield. Okay, I didn't... Yeah, okay. All right. Any of you suckholes want to come up here and knock me off? All right. That, that actually wouldn't have necessarily given it away except for that last little bit. And that's why I left it in there. And I was going to say, listen for the sound at the end because that'll give it away. So I almost pulled the sound of the week from Stripes. Oh. Uh, and it, But it was too wordy. Oh yeah. It's getting it, it's Drop getting more <laughs> oh, it's getting more and more difficult. But you know what I'm talking about with the scene I'm talking about, right? Uh where John Larroquette is looking out the the uh the window with his binoculars. Yeah, and he's watching women in the shower. Yeah. Total act of gratuitous nudity in an 80s movie. Yes. It's a, it's a staple. It's a staple. Yes. Uh-huh. Ready for the movie proper? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give myself a C-plus on this song. I, I just, I couldn't, I, I wanted to do it to Notorious by Duran Duran. Okay. Every every karaoke version has the na, na, notorious. So I, I did find a, a lyrical or a... Uh, instrumental. Instrumental. But man, there's a lot of lot of lyrics to come up with prior to the to the jump. So I went with this instead and I... The lyrics are, eh, and my voice is, meh. Have there been any songs that y- you wanted to use and it wasn't a problem with the bed? It's just you couldn't get there. Uh, you couldn't replicate the vocals because it was yeah. too difficult. Yeah, and that's, I was I, I was committed to this one and I couldn't get the lyrics or I couldn't get the vocals down. So, but I said, fuck it, I'm committed. I, I tried to do It Smells Like Teen Spirit once. <laughs> and, and that's actually very, very hard to do, believe it or not. Yeah, I'm sure it is. And then uh, there's, a bunch of rap ones I've tried to use. And as I've mentioned, I don't have flow. No. So, uh, yeah. And right now is actually another one that I've tried to use a couple times and I just, I can't get there. I can't mm-hmm. get to where, where I'm happy with it. So, okay. So I'll go ahead and play it.
there are any vocals in this? Yeah, this is actually from a movie that we can't do. I've been taking some pictures While I smoke a shit ton of heaters I take some pictures of your ass while you are asleep But we don't see it And we have nearly the same haircut But we're under fire What the fuck is going on in Nicaragua Under fire You and Miss Panama are mournful That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are doing Under Fire, released October 21st, 1983, with a budget of $9.5 million, only grossing $5.6 million. Had a Rotten Tomato critic score of 90%, and an audience Rotten Tomato score of 69%. Directed by Roger Spottiswood, best known for Stop or My Mom Will Shoot and Tomorrow Never Dies, starring... Wait, 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 wait. What's his name? Roger Spottiswood. The name is Spotswood. Sorry, please continue. <laughs> What's that from? It's Team America. Is it? Yeah, that's where they got that guy's name. Oh, really? Okay. I did not know that. Starring Nick Nolte, best known for Tropic Thunder and The Hulk. Actually, I'm going to stop you here for a second. All right. Uh, you always skip it. You always skip one thing. What do you always skip that I talk about? The writer. Who wrote this? I don't know. Ron Shelton. Who's Ron Shelton? He did Tin Cup. Um, he did a bunch of Kevin Costner films, but he is also a director. The, the oh. biggest thing probably is Tin Cup, though. Oh. Okay. Anyway, please continue. <laughs> you don't care. Also, also starring Gene Hackman, best known for Royal Tenenbaums and Unforgiven. Joanna Cassidy, best known for Vampire in Brooklyn and Club Paradise. Ed Harris best known for Apollo 13 and the upcoming Top Gun Maverick. The original score, which was Oscar-nominated, was used in Django Unchained. The film was inspired by the murder of ABC reporter Bill Stewart and his translator by Nicaraguan troops in 1979. A cameraman was shooting incidental footage and caught the entire episode. It was shown on national television, undermining what remained of director Somoza's support. I actually watched that video on YouTube because... It's just, you know, I'm a sick fucker and I wanted to see somebody die. I've seen enough death on YouTube and other movies and documentaries. I was just curious to see, wow, this is the, this was something that they showed on TV. The footage is unbelievably grainy, but yeah, dude gets shot. I mean, he's lying on the ground and a guy just walks up to him and just pumps a couple of bullets into his back. Was it so, more believable than the shooting that happens in this film? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, okay. it is. Now it's time for... Welcome back. You've been on this show before. Welcome back. How many times does this make it? So I have three. Okay. 
That's what I have. Ed Harris, uh, twice uh, the right stuff. Mm-hmm. And I never caught his name in this film. I always just refer to him as John Glenn. Oats. Okay. I knew that from your clips. Okay. But, uh, Gene Hackman joins the Five Timers Club. Yeah, Five Timers. Hoosiers. Uh, mm-hmm. Then the stellar No Way Out. Yes. Uh, Superman 2 and Uncommon Valor. Mm-hmm. And then Richard Mazur, his third appearance, um, Risky Business and The Thing. I thought it was Mauser. Uh, I don't know. It's M-A-S-U-R. All right. So you've never seen this film? No, I have not. Okay. I've never seen this film all the way through. It was one of those situations where I was at my mom's for the weekend and it was on HBO or the movie channel. And I just caught, you know, one of those movies where they show it three or four times during the course of a weekend. And that's all I really did when I went to my mom's house was watch TV and, and movies and play video games. So it was one of those things where I just caught bits and pieces of it throughout the course of the weekend, but never saw the movie from beginning to end. Okay. So so the movie opens wait, with... Wait, wait, wait. What? You introduce a segment, and then you try to blow by it every week. Oh, yeah. We saw your boobs. We saw your boobs. In the movie that we saw, we saw your boobs. Okay, right, so un- unfortunately... <laughs> <laughs> there, there is an entry into this. Yes. And it is uh, Joanna Cassidy, who plays Claire in this film. Claire. Uh, she was naked in The Fourth Protocol, Executive Power, and Blade Runner. I'm shocked that she didn't show her ass in, in this movie. When I was a kid, I thought for sure that they showed her ass when he pulls down the blanket. I, I don't understand. I didn't check. What was this movie rated? I'm assuming it was rated R. Was it PG? Uh, I I don't know. I think R. Because I, I think they say fuck. Yeah. A bunch of times. Sure. So it would be R then. I, I would think so. I, I didn't even check, but. Yeah. There was the, no PG-13 yet. And But even in a PG-13, you can only say it once. Yeah. And. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if this is correct or not, but this is probably one of the earlier Lionsgate films. All right. Because it's Lions Gate as opposed to Lionsgate. Okay. The logo is actually Lions with an apostrophe S gate where now it's Lionsgate. Yeah. And I, I it struck me as odd just seeing the logo probably because I'm so used to what it is. And before we get in more into the movie proper, uh, you want to take a, a guess as to the total number of clips I have from the film itself. From from the film itself? Yes. Three. Oh, no, 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 no. One. Yeah. I, well, I, I had more, but every one that I had, you had. Okay. And, and that's I, happened, and I, that's I happened before. Yeah. That's happened before with one of your movies where... Yes. Yeah, I got on this movie right away and got the clips done right away. So can can I start the movie now? Yes, you can start. Can I push? Can I push play, Matt? <laughs> you can start with the opening, you know, episode three. Yeah, under fire. So, yes. So the movie starts with a splash of words as to what's going on in the country that this movie revolves around. And normally I I read that, but I wanted to pizzazz up a little bit, so I did it in a different style. Hi. 
popular resistance to a series of unpopular dictators was growing in Nicaragua for over 50 years. By the spring of 1979, Nicaraguans from all walks of life joined together in a final attempt to overthrow President Antasio Pacho Somoza. As the fighting got worse in Central America, journalists throughout the world began to realize this could become a major international story. You actually did that very well. (laughs) In the style of the Clone Wars cartoon series? Yeah, and given that Clone Wars is not really your Baliwick, you know, that's surprising a little bit. Wait, what word did you just use? Baliwick? Baliwick? Baliwick. I've never heard that word before. Okay. Wheelhouse. Okay. But, uh, now, oh. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. (laughs) Little Horshack moment here. I had a hard time with the audio on this film. Well, first of all, the... Um, yeah, I fixed that. I fixed that halfway through for, yeah. for the last half. If you will go sub- back now and you watch it now, now it's actually synced up. <laughs> yeah, the subtitles were all over the place, and there's a French guy who you can't understand half of what he's saying. Yeah, I, I had to go and actually fix that because we watched half of it one night, half of it the other night, and I, I went in... I took, there's a, a program you can run it through and it basically shifts the subtitles so many seconds. All right. And I did that because it was, I don't, I can't understand what the fuck this guy's saying. <laughs> yeah. You should probably do that with Yellowstone season four as well. Uh, well, that, that's, you know, I'm not going to do that, but, um, <laughs> sorry, Doug. <laughs> I'm no, so I had, a, I, I had a difficult, I mean, the, the volume on my iPad was turned all the way up. So I could understand what the fuck they were saying. So, but, sorry, that probably spiked the chart right there. Uh, where are we in the beginning of the movie? We're in a place that, uh, th- the fact that this is the name of a country always befuddled me as a child. All right. Because they're in Chad. Chad. They're not in Nicaragua. They're in Africa. And the year's 1979. And it's silent. And then we see a dude come walking across the screen. And what's he carrying? He is carrying an AK-47. And how do you know it's an AK-47? They had had AK-47s out, four of them. You know a lot about guns. No, I don't know anything about guns. You know they had an AK-47. Everybody knows what an AK-47 is. Everybody. Anybody who's ever watched a decent action movie would. Have you ever seen It's a Meme where it explains what an AK-47 is? No. And it, it shows a bunch of different guns. Okay. And... It's, it starts with an AK-47, and then it goes to an Uzi, for example, and then it goes to a Glock, and then it goes to nunchucks. <laughs> <laughs> and it basically, because it, AK-47 is almost a, like, uh, Xerox or Kleenex, where it's become ubiquitous, where it, the, the name doesn't necessarily denote what it actually is. It's more of a category than... Uh, a specific instance of a thing. And there's a there's a gazillion different variations of AK-47s that aren't called AK-47s, but they look exactly like AK-47s. Okay. Each country that manufactures an AK-47 slaps a different name on it. But uh, he whistles, and a bunch of guys come out, and some of them are riding elephants. Do you remember watching, I can't remember if it was in grade school or if it was in middle school, we watched a movie about the pygmies and they took down an elephant 
And one guy like climbed inside the ear and then cut his way out with something. No, I do not remember that. And I don't know if I'm imagining that, but I can visualize and remember as a kid going, he's climbing in that elephant's ear. Do you remember the video of the the narcoleptic dogs? We've talked about this on the podcast before. <laughs> no, I do not. It, it's on YouTube. Okay, it's fucking hilarious. Well, I've seen the the goats that if you scare them, they pass. Well, fainting goats. No, but this is a narcoleptic wiener dog, and it's just going hell bent for election, and it falls asleep as it's running. It oh. just tumbles. All right, but we hear the sound of a, a camera clicking. And as it's clicking, the screen is turning into black and white. Somebody's taking black and white pictures. But all of a sudden, here comes a helicopter, and the helicopter has machine guns and rockets on it, and it is lighting these guys the fuck up. One guy gets blown off of his elephant, and what do we hear? I don't know. Oh, the Wilhelm scream? The Wilhelm scream. Okay. Yeah. And there's lots of pictures being taken. Uh, But then we're in a village, and we see Nick Nolte. Dude's always had a beer cut for as long any any movie that he's been except what was the what was the football movie that he was in North Dallas Forty with Mac Davis. I don't know about that, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure, sure I'm pretty sure it's Mac Davis. Okay, I'm pretty sure it's North Dallas Forty. So they're probably the only movie where he doesn't have a beer cut. And what's he having? Oh, he's having a heater. I'm sure one of one of six thousand heaters that he has in this movie. So l- let's talk about Nick Nolte for just a second here. All right. Um. What is the last thing you saw Nick Nolte in? Tropic Thunder? Uh, the Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. His saw, voice. you know, okay. I When I think Nick Nolte, I think of the mugshot. Yeah, so do I, with the crazy hair and the, the Hawaiian shirt. But this film, 1983, long time ago, he has very striking eyes. Mm-hmm. He is a guy that... And he's meant to be a leading romantic guy in this film, kind of. And he probably had the ability to do that. He had the raw material if he had not smoked (laughs) three packs a day. Yeah. And his voice definitely, you can tell by his voice. is a little gravelly, sure. A little bit. But I think he comes off as an everyman. Yeah. A little bit of a gut. Bags under his eyes, messed up hair, just unkempt, not in great shape. And and you mentioned, I think, the helicopter in in this scene. Uh, One of the things I noticed in this film, and this is probably actually realistic, is there was a lot of what I would consider to be non-military vehicles that were co-opted to serve in a military purpose. Oh, sure. I mean, when you have... Uh, the equivalent of a Learjet or whatever that's dropping bombs. That is not (laughs) what they were designed to do. No, no. But if you ever watch the movie, the wild geese, there's a scene on a bridge. It's an, and it takes place in Africa where a plane of that sort drops bombs and has machine guns on it. But actually in my notes, it says he has a heater and a shitload of cameras. Yeah. Um, Do you think that, so you have obviously an iPhone because you're one of those people. Mm-hmm. But 99% of the time, an iPhone or whatever current generation for a 
good smartphone is going to be more than enough camera than you ever need. Right? I think so. When we were at the concert the other night, and I'm trying to take a video of my boy playing on the kit during his jazz performance, and my mom whips out her Android and just zooms right up to him. I, I have the basic iPhone. The camera sucks. It's your basic camera. Yeah, see, I have an Android, so my, my camera's awesome. Right. I mean, if I got the upgrade iPhone, my camera, I could probably get a better camera. I just couldn't justify spending that kind of money on a phone. Plus, I don't want a big phone. I like the phone that SE, fits in right? my you cup holder. Yeah, it fits in my pocket. It fits in the cup holder of my vehicle. Um, so I, I have to give up something to get something. But he has, at any given time, he has three, four cameras. Sure. On him. And not, even now, you, when you see people at uh, sporting events, for example, you might see a professional photographer and they might have two cameras. And it, the big thing is the lens. Yeah. Because back then you had to worry about film. You only have so many shots. Mm-hmm. And it's also, okay, I want a close-up. I want a telephoto. And not as easy to just switch out the lenses. But the the smartphone has really kind of remove the need for a lot of the different cameras. I I remember, well, this goes back 17 years ago, being so excited having my first digital camera. And now the thought of having having to lug a camera around mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Okay, but he he um and we haven't got his name yet. I don't believe. No, that that comes up. Um a truck pulls out pulls in and he pulls out of of his jacket pocket several different colored hankies and ties a yellow one around his sleeve. So he's he's playing everybody. He he's just there to get a good story and get pictures. So he's got to fit in with whatever crowd he's with. Sure. And he says, "Hey, can I get a ride?" Okay. They're now they're on the truck bouncing down the road. Bunch of cases of bottled Coke, a cola right. in the back of that truck. And he's, uh, there's a dude that knows him. Hey, Tracy, you tuna sucking piece of raw meat. Get your ass over here. Come on. Move over. Sit down here. How you doing? Good. Good to see you. What the hell are you going to stand busy for? I thought I'd get some great shots of your head being blown to smithereens. <laughs> smithereens. Thought you were fighting for the government. I am. This is the government. These are the rebels. The fuck they are, man. This is government convoy to Columbia. This is the Abu Dan Revolutionary Front. So a couple things here. Mm-hmm. Um, Oates' character, or as I refer to him in my notes, John Glenn. Uh-huh. Do you know why he is in Chad? He's a mercenary. No, it's because his wife has this annoying fucking stutter, and he wanted to get away from her. <laughs> Watch the movie, The Right Stuff. You'll get that joke. <laughs> but uh, in my notes, it says, does he actually, is he actually confused where he is? I don't think he is. He knows exactly where he is, and he knows exactly who he's with. Mm, I don't think so, because he even says, you're not going to tell them, are you? Because then he says, well, th- you know, this is the dumbest operation that I've ever been a part of. They don't pay well. But, yeah, his name is Oates. Uh, I refer to as Nick Nolte's 
character throughout the rest of the movie as Price, but his first name is this. Good afternoon. My name is Russell, and I am a wilderness explorer in Tribe 54, Sweat Lodge 12. Are you in need of any assistance today? You probably have no idea what that's from. Christmas Story? No, it's Up. <laughs> the Disney Pixar movie Up. Oh, the one where the old dude is really fucking sad and everybody cries. Yeah, I'm not going to watch that shit. Okay, all right. But Oates tells him that Nicaragua is the place to be. And then a plane comes in and it starts to strafe them. Price stands up right in the back of the bed of the truck and he's taking pictures. Oates is yelling, get down, get down, as he's climbing underneath the truck. Plane comes back around. Price is still taking pictures. And what does the plane drop? A bunch of leaflets. Yes. And on these leaflets, it promises any Cuban pilots a house and a pool if they defect with MiGs, a Russian MiG. And apparently, whatever war this is, the Cubans were there because they were proprietors of communism. And at this time in history, somebody was always fighting for communism. And there was another faction that was fighting against communism. So do you think this is how um, the Ukraine got the Polish to show up with all their MiGs? Uh, no, I don't think so. But, but there, there is something, and maybe you just want to blow by it, but I'm going to ask anyway. All right. You had a thing about who the cameraman is. Who the cameraman is. You literally have a clip that says who the cameraman is. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Um, didn't you just play it? Oh no 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 not yet not okay. yet no the guy the the guy the cameraman the oh, guy who okay you're talking about okay later on in the later on okay. in the movie okay fine um but the genius behind these leaflets is that nobody's gonna let Cubans fly the MIGs right because they'll defect so they let the Africans who are shitty pilots fly the MIGs and then they all get shot down destroying I their act- own air force yeah. Yeah, I actually have a leaflet from World War II that was dropped on the Japanese that belonged to my missus's grandfather, who was a B-24 pilot. And it's, I have it framed sitting on my behind my bar that they dropped these leaflets on the island of Saipan. I have no idea what it says, but it basically says, we're invading you and you're going to die unless you show this leaflet and surrender. Send me a picture of it. I'll get you a translation. Seriously? My next door neighbor's Japanese. Oh, okay. And I'll say, hey, uh, my buddy got this World War II leaflet. He wanted to know what it says. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, definitely send that to me. I will send that to you. Um, But Oates and Russell, or Price, they they part ways. And then the next day? Price Price says, I love Africa. But uh, no, I I don't believe it's the next day. I believe it's probably weeks later. Okay. And we're introduced to Joanna Cassidy's character dictating a story into over the phone because there was no email. Right. And what is what is the instrument that Gene Hackman is playing? Oh God. <laughs> the key quarter? <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's like a guitar. Um except it is a it's the equivalent of rec- a recorder in everybody at some point in elementary or middle school had to play a recorder where you get to, you learn how to play Mary had a little lamb. Yeah. And, and for a lot of us, that's as far as we ever went musically. 
Mm-hmm. It's the equivalent of a recorder, except instead of having holes, it has keys like a piano or yeah. a keyboard. And it's about what, 10 or 12 inches long? It's very small. Yes. But he's blow- he's blowing into it and playing the keys. And I actually, in my notes, it says, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they are a thing uh, based on their conversation. And he is going to be a television anchor for a major network. Right. And he wants to settle down. He's tired of suitcases. Yeah. They're, they're both newsmen. And then, but what is, what is she wearing? A Hawaiian shirt? No, I don't know. She's wearing a red dress. And you can see her cleavage, correct? And her cleavage, well, her, her, her cleavage is this. That poor woman has the saddest tits. Damn depressing. Right, yeah. They're like the notebook sad. Tits are like coming home from school and finding out that your old man ran over your cat sad. Mournful. She has mournful tits. They're like two suicide notes stuffed in a glitter bronze. Yeah, that goes on and on. <laughs> All right. We've played that before. Yes. I did not have uh, to pull that. No. But she... He, he wants, wants to go to back settle. to civilization. Yeah, he wants yeah, to settle she, down. And she, he tells her that she could win an Emmy, but she's not ready to settle down. She still likes this life. And, but they're not, wait, they're not, there's, there's, they're, no, it's not weeks later. It's, it's, just, you're right. They're not in Nicaragua yet. They're still, in no, Africa. they're still in Africa. Yeah. Because they're, it, they're talking about the seventh year of this war. Yes. And, right. uh, price is there and he's hammered. Yeah. But he's, he tells, he tells her, her name is Claire. Gene Hackman's character's name is Alex. And he tells her that he's going to Nicaragua with her. And then we see Price. Yeah, he's fucked up. He's calling for Alex. Um, and Alex, this is like a going away party for Alex. And Price introduces him as the man who hired him for his first job and also fired him from his first job and then hired him for his second job. And Alex makes a speech, blah, blah, blah. But all the, while this is going on, Price is taking pictures of Claire. Right. And is that creepy? Little bit. Well, it's it's creepy in just well, a few yeah, seconds. It's much creepier Claire, later. <laughs> yeah, Claire goes and and she leaves and goes into his, Price's dark room and there's pictures of her all over the place. Yeah, and he says she looks great. And eh. <laughs> yeah, but apparently they used to be together. No, and, I don't think. No, no I because don't think no, they, they talk about you broke up with me and then I broke up with you. They've broken up multiple times. No, that's Alex and Claire have broken up multiple times. No, I, I, disagree. I don't think he's. No, he's never been with. He's never been with with Claire before. But this so, whole idea of suitcases, where uh, Alex says he's tired of living out of a suitcase, and what does Price say about suitcases? Mm, he says he doesn't own any. Oh, okay. Is is this? And I actually worked in the news industry for a while. I mean, it was all local, but mm-hmm. I, I understand what they're saying, but is this a common turn of phrase in that industry where, you know, living out of your suitcase, pack your suitcase, is, is that a thing or is this just something for this film? Matt, I've, I've never worked in the news media before, so I cannot answer that question. But she brings him a picture, Claire brings Price a picture, and it is a picture and she says, this is, this is nice, and we kind of have a change in venue, change in time where it's the same picture, but this same picture is now on what? The cover of time. And now it splashes across the screen. Nicaragua. We're still in the same year, 1979. 
and we're watching some shitty parade and Price <laughs> is up Price is up on a float taking pictures. And then he and then he goes and he jumps on the top of a car taking pictures. There's a bunch of kitty diddlers in this parade. Mm-hmm. And this parade actually kind of reminded me of a couple different Bond films. <sighs> okay, is there one that the one that's in New Orleans with that parade? That's one of them. There, there's right. probably at least three or four films, Bond films, including Ro- uh, not Roger Craig, um, Daniel Craig ones that have parades in them. All right, same kind of thing, but mm-hmm. um, a bunch of kids kind of come look, in to the parade, and they look like they're up to no good. Yeah, there are a bunch they look, of they, ne'er-do-wells. They, they, they look like your crew from Dousman is infiltrating the parade and something bad is going to happen. Yeah, it's, Like lighting a bunch of firecrackers underneath the horses. But the kids raise the picture of somebody and Nolte's character jumps off the truck and climbs on yet another vehicle and then some soldiers start storming it. Yeah, we don't know who this dude is yet, but he becomes integral. Not integral. Important. Yes. That's, that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> well, integral. Um, you're just, it's a pronunciation. You, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they, the kids run, drop the sign, and the army dudes shoot the sign. And this whole time. Take, take that, you sign. <laughs> but uh, Price, or Russell, as I call him, is constantly switching cameras, switching cameras, you know, different lens, different lens, mm-hmm. different lens. And this happens a lot. But the, the kids got away. Right. And then later. Right. We're in a hotel, a nice hotel with a pool. It actually reminded and, me a lot. The pool is very, very similar to the pool at the hotel I stayed at in Vegas when I was there last year. Okay. The Aria, I think it was. Uh, all right. Alex is there, and there's a gal that works at the hotel and is a translator, and she's hanging out with Alex. Price comes and sits down, and in Spanish, he says to her, you have problems here. And she says, we call it a war. And then he asks her about Raphael. If you have any questions, just ask. Who's Raphael? Depends on who you ask. Raphael. Comandante Raphael. He is either a Marxist dupe of Russia and Cuba or the most popular leader of the most popular democratic revolution. Take your pick. Hell of a face. Would he like to be photographed? You would never find him. Want to bet? I don't understand how it was decided that Raphael was going to be the leader instead of like Leonardo or Splinter or Michelangelo. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That thought ran through my head as well. She gets up and leaves. Alex tells price this war has the, the hell beat out of Africa. And then he also, as he's kind of framing her ass prices as she's walking away with his hands Mm -hmm. and Alex says, hands off. She's mine. Yeah, Alex really likes to lay claim to trim. Sure. And yeah, he he absolutely was checking out. I mean, it wasn't subtle. At first it was subtle where he's just kind of looking, but then he was doing the finger thing where he's framing it like he's going to take a shot of it, which right. we find out is kind of his his move. <laughs> yeah. Taking pictures and, of ass. And Price says, "I thought you were hanging in there with Claire." But Alex says, "No, I I have but I have one weakness. I hang on to things too long. I'm too loyal. And now, I don't know if it's that evening or a couple of Wait, wait, wait. Later. You're missing something here. What am I missing? Uh, well, actually, maybe this is, Where is it that they're betting on the date? Is that when they're still at the pool or is that later when they're at the club? Betting on the date. 
they are there's a bunch of people that are around a table and they're throwing out bets. Somebody names a date, and it's what is important oh. about the date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found that to be unimportant to this movie, so I didn't take notes. Well, it was the thing that um, Price's character. The reason he knew the date is because that was when he got his first Pulitzer oh. or, or whatever it was. But later oh. at, that night, they're they're at a club, mm-hmm. and it's Claire and Alex and Price. Mm-hmm. So there's a wobbly H that's coming up soon. It's a little bit of a love triangle. The singer, lead singer of the band, she calls up Alex on stage. Uh, he plays the piano and does some singing. But And while that's going on, Claire is giving Price the lowdown of Nicaragua. Spring is here. No mistaken. The hell, I just got off the boat. Give me the scoop on Nicaragua. Well, about 60 years ago, the U.S. Marines invaded to protect American business interests. Put down a small peasant revolt led by a very small man wearing a giant cowboy hat named Augusto Sandino. No, 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 no. I don't mean the peasant stuff. I mean the real stuff. Come on. Well, there are two kinds of beer. Victoria and Victoria. Victoria's better. And two, watch out for Miss Panama. Hot, hot, hot. He doesn't sing that much better than than me you sing better than him so I, I understand he's playing piano at the same time but he he's got a voice made for podcasts yeah exactly <laughs> a guy pulls up and there's two people canoodling outside the front of the club but right. it turns out they are pretending yes it's like, ooh, something's going down what's going to happen and they they follow this guy in after they were pretending to make out but then another guy comes and sits down with Price and Claire, and this is who this guy is. Who walked in? No, no. Before you fall in love, Don. Never mind. No, keep on going. Keep on going. Who walked in? Oh, before you fall in love, darling, that's Marcel Jazzy, friend of wine, women, and samosa. Yeah, I know. He's also a businessman in search of a business. <laughs> Who doesn't try very hard to cover up his connection to Washington? I like his connection with Nicaragua tonight. Well, look at those moves. Yeah. Can the CIA light cigarettes like that? So there's two different characters that are introduced here. There's yes. there's Jazzy, who yes, who, who plays a prominent role, and then there's another guy who's been in a ton of shit. Yes, but you might recognize his voice from this. Uh. Who the cameraman is? Oh, okay. Attention all personnel. Report immediately really? to admitting ward and operating room. Attention all personnel. Report immediately to admitting ward and operating room. Okay. I- That's from the first episode of MASH. It's somewhat different than all the other episodes. Sure, pilots are usually have some subtle differences, yeah. Yeah. But a waiter comes by with some champagne, and he says... Wait, 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 wait. wait. You're missing something that's important, and it comes back here. All right. It comes back. Before Jazzy walks into the club and sits down, and before the cameraman comes in and sits down with Alec... Or, sorry, uh, Russell and Claire, there's a guy that comes and takes uh, their pictures. And they give them Instamatic pictures. And it's the shittiest Instamatic picture you've ever seen? Yeah, but that picture comes back. It does? Yes. Oh, yeah, I'll talk about it later. 
All right. So now the waiter comes over, and what does the waiter say? Stay at your table, and you won't be hurt. And I, I love the way this happens because this is actually something that probably would happen. Somebody pulls the pin out of a grenade, mm-hmm. and they're dragging somebody out, and somebody opens the door, hits the guy with the grenade, and the grenade falls out of his hand. <laughs> right. It, it, but it's they're spray painting Raphael, his name, on the wall. And they, I don't know who it is that they grabbed, some government official. I thought they were going to grab the guy, Jazzy, that just came in. Mm-hmm. Um, some guy tries to grab the grenade, kind of like in the thing. Yeah, it doesn't work out for him. No, kaboom. And then we see Richard Mauser's character. And we don't know what his connection is to this yet. Right. But he'll come up. He he plays uh, an important role. And, and they're now in, we're at the press office. I was or the, a hotel whatever, or I don't know if this is where all the press meets or I would have to say all the press probably meets here. The New York times is not going to have this big of a floor just for Nicaragua. No, but Alex is trying to push his story to the U S and his contact in the U S says that it isn't important enough. What trumps this story? The Pope, the Pope. Yeah. With his little cereal bowl hat, or do you think he's wearing the, the, the post hole digger hat? Well, this is 1979. This is pre So that's not even John Paul. I don't even. Mm, I think John Paul was seventy eight or seventy nine. I thought he was like eighty two. I thought he was right around Reagan's time. Oh, great! Now I'm gonna have to do research on the on the Pope for housekeeping. Ah, uh, fun story. Uh, my mother in law has a picture of Pope John Paul on her wall at home. Yeah, they those Catholics. They really. I mean, they put him up there with Sister Mother Teresa. Yeah. No, I. Yeah. And yeah, whatever. But yeah, um, there's, there's nothing corrupt about the Catholic Church whatsoever. Zero. Yeah. It's completely clean. And yeah. And, I, and my father tells me, well, he hasn't told me this in a long time, but at one point he told me that because I was raised Catholic and I no longer go to a Catholic church, I'm, I'm on the rocket sled to hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, amongst I other reasons, <laughs> I, 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 I I think God's going to look at that and go, eh, Catholic, not Catholic. You still went to church, but we got all these other things over here in this folder. I, I look at it as it's whether I mean, my you're jerk, a good my, person. My jerk-off folder on God's desk is going to be like six feet tall. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know how to take that, so explain that a little bit more. Well, there's a sheet of paper that comes through God's fax machine every time I jerk off, and then he puts it in my file. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure if it was like something that was going to make God jerk off or is you actually jerking off. It's like, oh, this guy is so good. (gasps) In the the thing for the the podcast, and we talk about God jerking off. (laughs) Oh, God, don't, don't, don't. You talk about God jerking off, not me. But, uh, yeah, they're talking about the CIA, and this is where um, Richard Mazur... Is, is the guy from Risky Business is there? Yeah, and and I don't know if it's Price or if it's Gene Hackman. It's Gene Hack Alex who's talking on the phone and says, "Well, this story is important because this happened in, in a, a a bar full of journalists and CIA, and we're backing a fascist government." And that's when Mauser comes and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't throw those words around <laughs> like that." Yeah, but he, he has a client. Ma- Mauser has a client. Who's his client? 
the president, El Presidente. Samosa. Yes, he's which, a PR which, guy. Which makes me think of drinking champagne and orange yeah. juice. But the the pres that president is a is a real character, a real person, real person. That, yeah, it's, yes, it's not an amalgamation of different things. Yeah, it's actually a real person. But Claire has a call from L.A. Who's mm-hmm. the call from? Her daughter. Is is this? I don't know where Alex's this, kid. I, no, I think this is just a little bit of character development that she's a mom. That she's a mom, but. Well, you can already is, tell she's a mom. This is more important. Why? Because we're mournful because she breastfed? Yeah, those things have been milk dry. <laughs> You're horrible. Those are not good tits. Yeah, but I think the, the character development is that this is more important to her than having a family life at home. But they're talking about a prom dress or something. Mm-hmm. And then Russell Price walks outside. And what is he looking at? He's at some... Is it like a mural? It's a or shrine. A shrine or something. I think it's uh, Hank Aaron, which I don't understand why he would uh, yes, be there. I didn't. I like, why is Hank Aaron on this wall? And some soldiers come up. Mm-hmm. Bingo. Queda usted detenido. Wait a minute, I'm a journalist. Paradista. Paradista. Here, I got my passport. Tomas muchas fotos, maricón. Paradista. There it is. It's interesting when you have a film that is has components that are a foreign language mm-hmm. when they decide what they're going to translate and what they're not going to translate. Right. Because the translation that's there is you've been taking too many photos. And that's not actually what they say. <laughs> No, it's not. It's a, you've been taking too many photos, F word. And oh. it's not the F word that I say all the time. It's the F word that I'm afraid to say because I don't want to be canceled. Oh, that F word. Yes. Wow. So oh. n- now he, he's been arrested. And, that's, and, and now you're out of clips. Yeah, yep. That, that, is the only, that is the only clip from the film itself that I have. Right, but he's in jail, and who's in, who's in his cell with him? Uh, well, priest. Yes. And, and what does he ask him for? What does the priest ask him for? He wants a heater. Well, first he asks if he has any pictures of underage children. Then, <laughs> then he he asks him for a heater. Okay. And Price asks him why he's there, and the priest says that the government accuses him of knowing Raphael, and. Price tells him, well, I would like to find him too. And the priest says, well, what side are you on? Just go home, gringo. Yeah, go home. The, mm-hmm. the, the priest sits down, tells him to go home. And the whole thing about what side are you on is important. Because what does Russell say when he's asked what side he's on? Mm, I don't know. I'm not on any side. I'm neutral. I'm here to take pictures. I don't take sides. And that actually comes into play later. He stands with the Republic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Palpatine for life. But yes, he, Price is taken into a room and some guy brings out a bag that has all of Price's camera equipment and drops one of them on purpose. Kind of like uh, Sonny Corleone during the wedding when he goes out into the parking lot and the FBI is there 
but he can't do anything about it. So he just finds the first photographer that he can find, takes his camera, throws it on the ground, and then just throws a couple hundred dollar bills at the photographer's feet. <laughs> but one thing is missing from what they've given back to Price. What is missing? His passport. And why is his passport passport missing? Uh, because he needs to sign confession papers saying that he was just visiting prison. Well, not confession papers, but just an acknowledgement. He was not arrested. He was just here to visit. Right. That's what I meant. Yeah. But Claire picks him up. Did we see Jazzy? Because he yeah, says Jazzy he walks was by very, right. very quickly. All right. And he explains to Claire that he thinks Jazzy helped him get out. And then this exchange happens. What happened? Oh, I was just visiting. Jazzy was there. I think he had me released. Jazzy? Yeah. Think that's the story? I don't know, but it's a place to start looking. Looking for what? I'm going to find Raphael. Now, Russell, we have to be clever with Jazzy. Hey, don't worry. I'm not going to come right out and ask him if he's a spy or not. <laughs> Are you a spy, aren't you? <laughs> so we're, we're meant is he cia i'm assuming he's cia he's a frenchie that does contract work for the cia so he I, he's uh he's a contract spook he's not directly there but he's basically subcontracted to the cia more or less right right so yeah but he price asks him why he was arrested and released and then we see miss panama who is from she's, what I could gather, she's mournful also. She's got this... The 80s were weird because we, we had a multitude of things that were fighting against each other in the 80s. Mm -hmm. We had the idea of high-waisted, very thin underwear. And then we also had the idea of huge fucking bushes. Right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and her swimsuit is super, super high on the thighs. But she also has a little bit of a gut. Yeah. But uh, more, she's in a more, swimsuit. Yeah. And mournful. But she's she's pissed off that the pool is empty. Yeah, that there's no, no water, water at the, the pool. pool. Yeah. And then Jazzy admits to them that, yeah, I am a spy. Uh, well, he also but, said he did get him released from jail. Yeah. And he also knows that uh, Claire is recording the conversation because her her recorder is not a pocket recorder. It is big. It is the size of a huge like, like hardcover like book. Like a boombox or something. <laughs> Almost. I mean, it's it's big. It's mm -hmm. thick. It's not and it's got a big light on it as well. Yeah. But he says, Jazzy says, I trust you won't say anything that will uh hurt me. And then again, before he said he's a spy, now he admits he's a horrible spy. And he goes, That's Miss Panama. She loves me. And then he tells them that he has lunch with the president every week to talk about the Sandinista insurgents. But all he wants to do is talk about Miss Panama because he's worried she's seeing another man. <laughs> Which is jazzy. And it's his, it's his job to find out who it is that she's seeing. And he has he, – he does not come across as a lady killer at all. No, he doesn't. If anything, he comes across as like a male killer. A male killer? Well, he comes across a little bit effeminate. All right. A little bit light in the loafer. Or maybe French. Same thing. All right. But he tells them that, you know, 
we all know that the revolutionaries are going to win. And then I have a clip here, but I don't know what the clip is. It's uh, They're talking about where Raphael might be. Oh, all right. Have you been to Leon? No. no. We're going to Messiah. We understand the rebels have entered the quartel. You would love Leon. A nice cathedral. Beautiful light. We're not doing a travelogue, you understand? Of course, of course. Only I have heard that Commandant Raphael was recently in the area. Raphael's near Lyon? Well, it's a rumor. What do I know? Inspector Clouseau is the best detective in the whole organization. <laughs> With all that French talk, I need, I think I need to uh, hit the... Go to la toilette? Yes. Time to go to the toilette. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. So, I I, I have to ask this question. All right. What is a sawbuck? A sawbuck? Yeah. Like a sawhorse. No, no, monetary-wise. Oh, a sawbuck? I don't know. I can't... Is it 20? Is it 50? I don't know. So, uh... This is our 100th podcast. Really? Yes. Wow. It's not our 100th one together, but it's our 100th overall <laughs> podcast. Okay. All right. And I was actually going to do something special for it. And because of changing times and doing it early, I was not able to. But you, you might remember after last week's podcast, I sent you a text message and I asked you a specific question. You remember what that was? Who my favorite porn star was? Yeah, I was going to get a cameo. From a reasonably priced porn star. <laughs> and do any of the ones that I uh, appreciate, do they do cameos? Some of them do, yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought about it. And it was it was on the list of things to potentially do. Um, and I actually had thought about doing that for your birthday. And it's like, I'll, I'll drop I'll drop 20 bucks for, yeah. a, you know, a, a 10 second message. I'm not going to drop 50 bucks. That's where the problem is because most of them start about 50 bucks. Okay. And their video, and it's like, I don't give a fuck about that, whatever. And honestly, one of my favorite porn stars, wow, has she let herself go. Lisa Ann? Uh, Penny Pax. See, okay, I like Penny Pax, but she's also, she's always been kind of mournful. Yes. I don't and I don't know, even from her early days, she's been mournful. Yeah, but she has a series that she was in that it is, I really like. All right. Have you ever watched um, like Cinemax and they have uh, softcore on Cinemax yeah. and uh, a lot of times they will shoot a hardcore and a softcore at the same time. Yeah. And they'll just cut around it. Mm-hmm. And I saw the softcore version of this movie and then I found the hardcore version. It's like, God damn. Um, What's it, it called? What's it called? I think uh, submission of Emma Marks. Yeah. I'm familiar with that. It is uh, basically a 50 shades of gray. Okay type thing all right but they leave jazzies and they're in the car wait before before you move on Mm -hmm. there's a picture that is on a shelf there that is on a shelf oh it's the picture of the leaflet from africa it's the palace yeah from the leaflet that we saw earlier Mm -hmm. in, in africa right and then uh claire and russell that's what i call them are in a car and they're kind of talking back and forth. And he says that he dreamed about her last night. And he tells a story about how film saved his life. 
mm-hmm. where like a bullet ricocheted against a film ricocheted off a film canister came up and like caught his cheek or something. Yeah. Something like that. But he asks if she's ever dreamed about him. And she says she did, but she, she puts a little asterisk on that about the fact that she dreamed about him. What is that asterisk? Uh, I don't know. It was fast, (laughs) real fast. All right. But, uh, soldiers have a bunch of people against a wall. Yeah, there's they're 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 coming into um, Leon. Yes, and something has been going on. There's been some sort of battle that's happened because yeah, there's refugees that are trying to flee this town. There's guys that are lined up with their hands over their heads. You know, a battle definitely is going going on. A rebel comes running down the street. He gets wasted by soldiers. All the while, Price is taking pictures. Right. And as they're walking, there's kind of some couple of rebels that are running parallel with them up on the roof. Yes. Yeah. And they drop down and ask if they want photographs, which I didn't understand at first. And then they go into a building and this rebel signs a baseball. (laughs) Yeah. And he says... Um, give it to Dennis Martinez. Dennis Martinez. Why wouldn't yeah. it have been Dennis Martinez's picture in the shrine that Price was looking at earlier rather than Hank Aaron? Right. Wouldn't that have made more sense? But yeah, I guess the, the guy who got wasted, a woman basically dragged that body into a building and there is this graffiti that is prevalent for the rest of the film. That is F. S L N. What does that mean? I understand it has something to do with the rebels, F- but it has to stand for something. F S L N. Uh, something Sandinista liberation, something. Okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, th- but there's a girl there and she tells the guy who signed the ball to give to Dennis Martinez that Enrique is dead. Did you recognize who she was? No. She is Anna from Predator. Okay, I have have not seen Predator in a hot minute. She's the one female that's in Predator. Okay. <laughs> Narrows it down quite a bit. But he's like, okay, and he puts on an Orioles hat. Well, one, the- one guy's wearing an Orioles hat. One guy, I think, is wearing a Twins hat. They have a bunch of the- MLB hats yeah. amongst them. And they go down into an underground passageway, which they don't actually show. No, but they come up through a trap door in the courtyard of a church. Yeah, they're greeted by a priest. Yes. He fondles them. (laughs) Yes. And then he gives them tips as to where the soldiers are. And this doesn't make sense. All the rebels and Price go up a rickety ladder, but he says to Claire, yeah, you come with me. Mm -hmm. She's neither young nor a boy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. But yeah, after they get, they climb up this rickety ladder, they get pinned down and one of the dudes in their party, one of the rebels flanks the soldiers and he's laying down some, some, some covering fire. Yeah. Suppressive fire. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy with the Orioles hat has got a wicked arm and chucks a grenade with some serious accuracy. Not great form, but very accurate. Yeah. Into the, well, they're in the bell tower. Right. And takes them out. He's very proud of himself. Price, 
he uh, walks over to the bodies and he's taking some pictures and he's watching from the bell tower. A, a crew from an ambulance picking up dead bodies and throwing some gasoline on them in the middle of the street, just burning them. Yes. Yikes. But I, I know what the next thing is, but even before that, this is something that happened earlier in this film and it happens throughout. And wartime photographers, the way that Price acts throughout this film, balls of steel on this guy. Mm-hmm. There are people that are like peeking around corners to like pull off a couple rounds with an AK or whatever weapon they happen to have. And Price is almost just out in the open, just shooting both sides of it. I think he has to hope that whoever's doing the shooting recognizes him as a photographer. And and it comes up later, the, the whole idea of like holding the white flag. Yeah. And he, he doesn't have this here. And, but he's leaving himself very exposed to get shot. Mm-hmm. But who does he find in the, the, the bell tower? Well, somebody calls out his name and he's very surprised. Price, Pricey, is that you? Yeah, it's John Glenn. <laughs> yeah. And it is, uh, I should have pulled the clip from uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Okay. Where, so, oh, don't worry, it's not my blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because he's covered in blood. It's like, oh, it's not mine. Uh-huh. I thought I pulled a clip from this. Uh, nope. Okay. But, yeah, he, Oates is definitely a mercenary at this point. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no question anymore. And people are coming back, so... Oates hides under the bodies again. Right. And he, he's reunited with Claire. And I, I was wondering at this point, and it comes up, and it, the, the question I have is answered almost immediately. What was the point of this whole thing? But Russell is telling the rebels he's looking for Raphael as they're walking away. And Pedro, who's the guy who threw the grenade. Yeah. He's, he's talking to himself up about how a great of a baseball player he is. And then what happens to Pedro? Oh, he gets he gets shot. Yeah. Instead of voting Pedro, they were shooting Pedro. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, Price knows exactly who it was that shots him, shoots him, and calls out, you bastard. Uh, and we see Oates kind of squirrel away with his rifle with the scope on it. And, yeah, Claire drags Pedro's body off and... Just in case there's any question. Sniff into a Slim Jim. Yeah, he's dead. Yeah. Yeah, he's dead. Um, but now it's that evening. They're in somebody's house for the night. I don't know whose house they are. But You're missing something important here. Again, hmm. after they've dragged Pedro's body off, Price has to go back into the courtyard. What does he have to go back into the courtyard for? Hmm. He dropped camera? his camera. Oh, he dropped his camera. And Claire points out, when you ran away, you picked up a gun and you left your camera. Oh, okay. But back at, I think it's, is it the hotel? It seems like it's somebody's house. But Claire is all up in Price's shit. Mm-hmm. And they start making out. Well, no, hold on a second. They be. Before that, he tells her he knows who shot Pedro. And she says, why didn't you tell the rebels? He said, I, I didn't want to interfere. I don't take sides. 
I don't take sides, but he still feels guilty about it. And they realize he realizes that something is happening to us. And yes, they kiss. And now it's the next morning. And there, there's a part about this that I love is, so there is the idea of taking kind of a sneaky shot, taking a picture without somebody knowing it. He, he isn't doing that. He takes out a fucking light meter. <laughs> right. It's like, is her ass properly lit here? Right, right. And she's naked, but with a blanket over her ass. And well, she's not yeah. naked yet. He takes a picture of her and then he's like, well, this isn't quite enough for me. Right. And then he, he drags the blanket down. Yes. And this is what he is. Ass man. Yeah, he's the ass man. <laughs> She's got to play the song. I'm an ass man. <laughs> bum, bum. But is that for later jacking material? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Because, I mean, he still has to go somewhere and develop it. She has a flat ass. But we don't know that because we don't see it. We see it in jeans or cargo right. pants. Let's I mean, let's get it right out of the way. Joanna Cassidy. Not great looking. <laughs> she's not unattractive. No, but she's got the same haircut as Nick Nolte in this movie. <laughs> He's got better eyes. <laughs> I just I couldn't get over her hair. It was horrible. I'm not a big fan of the short hair. Yeah. But uh, after he takes the picture, he rewinds the film. Mm -hmm. And then the next day, uh, Alex is at the hotel and he's in Claire's room. And already the the pictures that we had just been talking about, he's kind of thumbing through them. Mm -hmm. So how, how does this price took these surreptitious? Is that the word I'm looking for? I'm not sure. You're using all kinds of big words this week. That Secret pictures me. of Claire, but he gives them to her, which doesn't make sense. And uh, Claire comes in and he asks about Leon and what happened there. But Alex is tired of Nicaragua. Yeah. He's going back to read the news for $10,000 a week. And well, he says he's pretty as he's looking at himself in the but mirror. But he's not. Here's the, here's the thing is what's great about his character is he doesn't, have a face for television but he's his character is convinced that he has a face for television 10k a night a week a week okay well that's still that's a half a million half a million year in 83 i'd take it yeah i'd take it now yeah but he, he closes the door he asks for no farewell parties and then he he's leaving in a cab and who does he pass as the cab is driving down the street. Price. And I really thought that the cab was just going to keep on going. Yeah, so did I. I was shocked. And I was even yes. more shocked about what happens next. But so what happens next? It stops. He gets out. And. Alex smells Russell's fingers. And then he gets <laughs> back in the cab and drives off as Claire is watching. <laughs> no, but they hug. Yes. They, they are friends. And we, we talked about this last week about how the whole idea of your buddy, your boy being with your crush. Yeah. How hard that is to do. And this is, that is what this is. And this is, but this is also a thing where they've all kind of been there. Mm -hmm. 
so it is very much the the love triangle. And uh, now we're at a party. With and, it's a, a party full of dignitaries. Jazzy is there. Claire is talking to El Presidente. And she's trying to do a serious interview, and he just wants a basically a puff piece. He wants, uh, well, I go see my family at the cemetery every week. Right. And she says, well, you own one-fifth of all the land in Nicaragua. You control all the ports. You own a bunch of car dealerships. And he goes, is it a crime to sell cars? <laughs> but did you notice who is singing at the party? No. It's the same woman that was singing oh, from in the, the bar. club. From, yeah. from, from the club, yes. But the president is totally ignoring her questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, the risky business guy, whose name I have in just a second, is actually talking to Russell. Yes. Pierre guy's plan. Listen, Russell, let's grow up, huh? It's very easy to fall in love with the underdog, but there's an upside and a downside to this thing. Just want to remind you all this stuff about a revolution of poets is crap. It's great PR, though, isn't it, up? So what's the upside? Simple, and it could happen. Samosa destroys the terrorist insurgents, rebuilds the country, shitcans the purveyors of excess, stabilizes the Cordoban, is finally beloved as the savior of Nicaragua. Off town. You got a smoke? Yeah. You've done some solid work here, Joel, but let's be honest. You're just not Princeton material. No. No. But then this guy is handed a note and he says, excuse me, uh, the war may be over. And the, the president, we we go to the president who's still talking to Claire, and he says that he was legally elected. And she points out one small flaw in his legal election. Uh, yeah, there were more votes than people. Which has happened Bring- in the U.S., but sure, sure has. Uh, Hub Kittle, that's his name. <laughs> Hub Kittle, yeah. all right. He rushes the president out mm-hmm. for a press conference. And, and he's pissed. The president is pissed off that he's being interrupted. But he comes out to make a speech, and what does he announce to the crowd? Well, I thought he was about to die, and I was wrong. I, I thought so, too. I thought he was going to get assassinated or something. But uh, Hub checks the microphone, and then the president announced that Raphael is dead. Yes. And Michelangelo is now in charge of the rest of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There's Raphael, Michelangelo, Leonardo. Donatello. That's the hard one. Donatello is the hard one to remember. All right. All right. (laughs) But he was killed in an ambush. Yeah. And some people have questions, but yeah, he's not going to answer them. Because apparently this claim has been made before. Mm -hmm. But Jazzy says he needs Russell to take a picture of the president and Miss Panama. Right. And what, and that's what he's doing. But then he explains, while Price is taking pictures, Jazzy explains what the rebels need from um, from him, I think? No, no, no. Price and Jazzy are talking about the death of Raphael here. Uh, okay. How in the hell could Tacho find Raphael? Russell, please, I have my hands full. That's fine, right there. Touch a lion again? They did kill him, didn't they? What do I know? Tacho needs a victory very badly. He needs to prove to Jimmy Carter that he is still winning. The death of Rafael is to prove he needs. Carter doesn't need proof. He just sent 25 million in new arms to Tacho. No, no. 
No, he didn't. The State Department is getting nervous about what is going on down here. En el sol, por favor. Now, you're not like a, a photographer guy, right? I am not. The light in in this whole scene as he's taking the pictures, the light on Miss Panama and the president is terrible. <laughs> okay. I guess I didn't pick that up. Because of the way that it, it it's just not balanced. It's not great for that. But Russell thinks that Raphael is alive and he's going to find him. Mm-hmm. And in the next scene, possibly the next day, uh, Russell, Claire, and the guy who apparently is the voice of MASH. Yes, they're in a VW bus. Yeah, they're in a dead van. With the TV, the word TV taped all over it. They're in some sort of war zone. And they come up to a roadblock, and the dude who does the PA voice on MASH freaks out. Why is he being so squirrely? I didn't understand this. don't know, but he turns around at the checkpoint and now they encounter a tank. And he, when I say cameraman, he's like a video cameraman. Right, yeah. He's got a big honking video camera on his shoulder. Like the, the original home VHS thing that... Oh, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. It's like the one that you made your uh, stop action films with. No, it's still bigger than that. It's I mean, still it's, bigger than that. It's, it's, I'm holding up my hands. It is two and a half feet long. It's a big camera. And he drops it. And the tank blows up the camera with its main gun, with its main cannon. Yeah. And the thing that I thought was kind of cool here is there is a very distinct sound of the the turret moving. Mm -hmm. And maybe this is true. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I would have expected that a turret could move much faster than this. But it's a very slow rotation on the turret of the tank. I don't know. So that's an M3 Stewart tank. That was our main battle tank before the Sherman tank. Okay. I'm, everybody knows what a Sherman tank is. Sure. Okay. Um, but from yeah, that Sherman was our Hem- Helmsley, that's because yes. they were big fans of uh, the Jefferson. Moving on up, yep. moving on up to the top. Um, east side. Come on, dog. To the east side. To a deluxe apartment in the sky. Oh, I, right. I. <laughs> yeah. When I... In fifth grade, was it fifth grade or sixth grade? I think fifth grade for our Christmas pageant for grade school. Mm -hmm. I've told the story how I always tried getting a part so I didn't have to stand on the bleachers and sing songs for two hours. And the, the, the school would buy Christmas plays that then we would run. And in this particular play, a bunch of the people that were coming to pay homage to the baby Jesus were birds and I was a crow and my mom made this crow costume and my sister instructed me because she was in theater to walk like Mr. Jefferson from the Jeffersons. <laughs> Swing my arms behind my back. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. We were in a ta- suit that was probably a size or two too small. And talk with a black accent. And I did. Yeah, that would get you canceled today. Oh, <laughs> fuck yeah, it would. But... You're right. The, Hold on the, a second. Where are we? We're talking about the tank. Yeah, this the was tank. The main ba- it, it pivoted this was the main around ba- and it blew up yeah, the camera. So, but but this tank was so these tanks were so antiquated that it probably had a hand crank for the turret. It probably was not electrical. There's a very good chance of that. 
that in order to move that turret, you had a guy. Yeah, but it had know. an electric sound. It was okay. All right. Well, maybe, maybe, but um, but a local those... throws a bomb at the tank. It's a was it a Molotov cocktail? Um, not Russian, but sure. Well, it's, it's probably a tequila <laughs> cocktail. I don't know. You're such a fucking racist. It's not racist. <laughs> Molotov is Russian. <laughs> okay. But the turret rotates and blows up her place. Yeah, yeah. And there, then there's a bus bomb. <laughs> and they they run the bus into the tank, and the rebels overrun the, the position. Okay. But then they link up with the rebels, and who's there? Who's with the rebels? Uh, the translator. From the hotel, the hot translator from the hotel. Not looking as hot. She's a little bit, she's more dressed in fatigues. Mm, you know what? I'm going to say it. I like that look better than the look that she had at the hotel. I disagree. I, 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 disagree. I really feel like she could dominate me. Well, that small bar, low bar. But uh-huh. uh, she knows they're looking for Raphael. And, mm-hmm. you know, next thing, they're on a boat. I'm on a boat. I'm That's not doing that because we've done that one before. That's my boat. Uh, not doing yeah, that one either. I know. They're on a journey to the village. And when they get to the village, the tone of the village is very somber. And Price says, Raphael's dead. I can smell it. And then the leader of the rebels comes and says this to him. This is Comandante Cinco. It's a pleasure. Leon has fallen. And today we took Matagalpa. Masai is next, and then Managua. Because Nicaragua will soon be free, Mr. Price, we've decided that it's time for you to meet Rafael. We need a photograph. You mean the Western press needs a photograph? Mr. Price, the world is not divided into East and West anymore. It's divided into North and South. Come with us. And as it turns out, Rafael is indeed dead. Mm-hmm. So perhaps he he could smell him because he said that he could smell it that he was dead. Yeah, uh, they say you are a great photographer. Make him alive, and he's like, "But he's dead." <laughs> You're crazy. And then they say he agrees to it, and they say, "Okay, we'll do it in the morning." Okay, Nicaragua in this is June, I well, believe. At least it's not hot. And humid. <laughs> right. Not at all. And he's been dead for what? Two days? Yeah. May- yeah. He's going to be a little ripe. He's going to be a little gamey. <laughs> he's not going to look that good. He's going to look where all the color has drained from his body. And yeah, he's going to look super waxy. It's He's, he's going to start to decompose in that environment. Yeah. You, Real you, quick. You, yeah. You completely blew by your but he's dead thing. You just want to blow by that? Oh, what is that? You're a great photographer. Make him alive. (laughs) Why are you laughing? You're crazy. We have momentum that many more lives will be lost. Even Washington is starting to admit that the Bucho Somoza is not loved by his people. They have detained $25 million in new arms shipments to Somoza at an airfield in Florida until they find out if Rafael is alive or dead. If Washington thinks Rafael is dead, 
They will ship the arms to Somoza. Do you understand? So, yeah, and we talked about he he'd already be on he'd start decaying immediately. Mm-hmm. There's a reason they put you in a, a a freezer in a cold box when when you're dead. Yeah. And he'd be yeah, he'd be he'd already be turning into soup. Yeah, there would be flies fucking oh. everywhere. And that would be one of the hardest things about the picture. But Price says he doesn't do things like this, and there's a whole thing about uh, there's, there'll be better light tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And Claire is talking about winning prizes for the picture, and there is an ethical part to this. Well, he says that I've won enough prizes, and she says, you haven't won a war. Earlier, it was, it was brought up... Um, the whole idea of he does not take sides. Mm-hmm. He basically tells the truth. That is not today that the way that it actually works, but the way it's supposed to work is the press is supposed to be just a conduit of information. Right. It is not, not supposed, supposed to, give, to be. Yeah. yeah. You're not supposed you're to not put supposed a spin to, on it. Yeah. Or give your opinion. Yeah, exactly. And the but worst thing that can happen is for a reporter, for Dan rather to be part of the story where you have an agenda that you are pushing because you feel it's right. That is not your charge. No. And and that's the whole ethical thing here is, and I have my opinion on this, um, and we'll get to this at the end of the movie, but in my notes it says, reporters should never be the story or make the news. They should tell the story. That is all. Correct. And that is the whole thing is they are being asked to shape the narrative to change things and as a reporter it shouldn't matter right or wrong it is truth or not truth that you're supposed to be doing and that's where there, there's a line here well there's a it's a good thing that since this movie has made been made the press has really gotten themselves straightened out and oh yeah they don't they don't do that sort of thing yeah there's absolutely no bias no not at anywhere all. <laughs> no and, and there's almost no press anywhere that has no bias at all. And if you read anything, it, the, the biggest thing that comes up is Fox news is mm-hmm. Fox news is a, basically an arm of the right wing, but CNN, MSNBC, oh, ABC, NBC, the New, York, the New York times. I remember having a, a conversation with my father-in-law and he said, you know what? A really good, honest, tell it the way it is publication is. And I'm like, what's that? He goes, the New York times. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I just, I almost spit out whatever it was that I was drinking. I didn't want to get into an argument with him about it, but in his mind, because he leaned left, he was reading what he wanted to read. They no. were pushing the narrative and it fit his beliefs. Oh yeah. You're, you're preaching to the choir. Right. There. And the funny thing is, uh, you know, I'm, I don't hide my political beliefs. I don't expose them, but I don't hide them either. Right. My my brother is so far to the right of me <laughs> that it's not even funny. And he, he veers into crazy talk with uh, a couple of people. There's a couple of people that he, I know that, that I'm on a text thread with and, and there's some crazy talk. And at some point I just, okay, you know, you, you believe what you want to believe. That's fine. But the next day, uh, how is Price waking up? 
With a heater? Yeah, he's got to have his morning heater. Right. And he's taking some pictures. and Kids playing. There's some young boys that Matt needs to take underwear shopping. (laughs) Did you catch that? No, I did not catch that part. Yeah, they're they're wearing really soiled tidy whities that used to be white but are now brown or or very stained. But there's kids playing. There's uh, old bags making tortillas. Mm-hmm. And then just a bunch of people standing around being unattractive. That's <laughs> what I have. But the, the rebels have, and this is a thing that you see a lot, where how do you prove that something is current? You hold up a newspaper. Which in today's day and age, not nearly as true. Now it's like, okay, I need you to put a spoon on your head or something weird to prove that. But yeah, they have a current newspaper that says that Raphael is dead. And uh, Claire comes out as Price is setting up his shot. And Price and Claire look way too clean. Because they've been doing whatever for however many days to get them to this point. They have not had a shower, but they look fucking clean. Their hair is feathered and not greasy. Short, yeah. But his picture, Raphael's picture, now becomes a poster, and there's boys. We we kind of have like a mini montage here where there's boys running with this poster. We see Jazzy uh, looking at a headline, the but, headline but of what is paper. What is the picture of? It's of Raphael with his two goons on either side. With They have face masks on. But how, how do they do it? How do they set it up? One of them holds up. Raphael grab, grabs right? the back of his hair and holds on to it's it. It's a little bit of weekend at Bernie's. Exactly, weekend at Bernie's. Does not look very alive in that picture. No, but no. his eyes, especially, his eyes actually reminded me of this. Lifeless eyes. Oh. Black eyes, like a doll's eye. Yeah, and I'm out of clips. So. Yeah, that would be the first thing that would go, his eyes. And I thought there was something that was going to come into play here, but it doesn't. It looks almost like uh, Price is putting some pictures in his suitcase in his room, which is weird because he said he does not have a suitcase, but he has ah, one here. Okay. But uh, the next day, the the newspaper shows that Raphael is alive and Jazzy is reading it as Miss Panama comes in. And then we see a plane that is being flown at gunpoint. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're they're taking up a page out of the other team's playbook and they're dropping leaflets. Right, right. That, but now we're we're kind of on a an overlook or something, a balcony. I'm not exactly sure. Claire's dictating into her dictaphone. Is that what you'd call that? The little mini, miniature tape recorder. Yeah, she. But she's having a problem doing it, and part of that is because she's drinking. <laughs> but she's reporting that the president has ordered the Capitol bombed. Why? What's he bombing? Is it just indiscriminate going to raise terror because he can? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And Alex shows up and Price goes, what the hell is he doing there? This is Regis Cedar in Managua. This tiny nation of smoldering volcanoes has erupted into a civil war. Fighting has broken out in the streets of the capital city for the first time in nearly 50 years. Mm L.A., congratulations. On what? On what? The news services, the wire, the Washington Post, the Times. Everybody's picked it up. It's a fabulous picture. Oh. Yes, it really is fabulous. Yeah, it is. How come you're back? 
came back to see Russ. See me? About what? The whole East Coast has fallen in love with Raphael. They were sure he was dead this time. They're going to do a musical on his life. You can't walk through Central Park without seeing his mug on T-shirts. He's bigger than Farrah Fawcett. <laughs> so th- this has to be, what, uh, a couple days, a week later? Yeah, you would think so, because it's not like Alex can get down there the very next day after the, the picture has been published. Right. And uh, yeah. Claire says that Alex looks great. Mm-hmm. And Alex actually asks about Price and Claire. What's going on there? But what uh, is the, the grand scheme? Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, that, I I thought that comes up later. but It comes up a couple times. but Yeah, but he says, you, you know, Alex, what are you doing here? Well, I want to do an interview. With whom? <laughs> What's the matter? Uh, nothing. He wants to do it. Yeah, he wants to do an interview with Raphael. He's not going to have a lot to say. <laughs> no. And at this point, this is where Price should have said, look, they came and grabbed us off the street, threw us on a boat in the jungle. I don't even know. I don't even know how I could find these people again. Boom. Problem solved. But no. He's pulling the whole George Costanza going to the Hamptons with Susan's parents. You want to get nuts? Yeah. Let's get nuts. Right. And he's just, they're driving around uh, looking for Prickly Pete and Snoopy. <laughs> okay. You beat me to it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Alex and uh, Price are, are talking about Claire. Mm-hmm. And well, Price has kind of a confession to Alex. Yeah. yeah. Alex, I'm in love with her. Yeah, I know. She thinks she loves you. No, it's past the thinking stage. Can I ask you something? This probably doesn't mean a goddamn thing in a grand scheme of things, but it's something that interests me. Were you guys making it before we came down here? No. Is that the truth? Yes. For God's sakes, Alex, we're friends. Yeah. See, and that's where that's why I, I disagree with the, the idea that Price and Claire were dating prior to her and Alex dating. That's the whole thing with the Alex and, and, and Claire. It was, they were constantly breaking up and one of them was always the villain. So, but they come to a, a checkpoint, they get pulled out and the soldiers are taking the car apart, taking the molding off of the door. And, and he says, you go through a lot of rental cars. He's like, well, don't worry. I put it in your name. Ha 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 ha. But they hear gunfire coming from a courtyard and price just kind of walks away from these armed guards to go see what's what. No, Alex, Alex walks away. No no, price does first. I thought, no, no, but it's price because he sees oats. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He sees oats. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was, was, I'm I'm jumping way ahead. You're way, you're you're right. You're You're right. You're you're way ahead. I don't think these soldiers would let them just walk away from this car, especially knowing what's going on on the other side of that wall. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a death squad. Yeah. John Glenn just killed a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're being thrown on a truck. Right. And... Sorry. Go ahead. Nope, go ahead. Hey, Pricey. Welcome to Samosa's Meat Market. This is a long Hey, clip. no pictures, huh? Might look bad. You get paid by the hour or by the body. I get paid the same way you do. Hey, what the fuck are you doing in Sabaco, man? This place is about to blow, ain't it? Why'd you shoot Pedro? Who the fuck is Pedro? Didn't vote for him. 
There's a motherfucking war going on here, pal. We had a lot of sad stories. What? what? No, 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 don't give me that shit. Put it back in. Know those guys? Yeah, I used to. You motherfucking cocksucker! Don't suck no dick, man! You cocksucker! Hey, 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 I prefer not to blow your brains out in a dump like this! I got my priorities! Guy wants to be a hero, Pops. You better get him out of here before he's a number. Be a shitty little town to buy it in. Why them? Just why them? Why them? Why them? Come here, I'll show you why them. You too. Come on. Come here. Huey. Your mug shows up in this box here. You try to make it through some baco, I own your ass. Where do you get those photographs? What is this, a fucking interview? I ain't that dumb. All right, all right, all right. I'm not going to quote you. No, so there, there's something, and th- that was actually one of the clips I had tagged. Not the, the full thing, but part mm-hmm. of it. Is there's a very interesting thing where when Price realizes who the people are and who are the people that are on the truck that... People that we've seen, people that we saw in the village. They were the people on either side of Raphael in the picture mm-hmm. that had masks on. And I didn't catch that. Jen did. And she's, yeah. she was actually 100% right. But Price calls Oates a cocksucker. And Oates says, I don't suck no dick. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Which... Who says that when they're called a cocksucker? It's not a literal thing. No. Yeah. It's like saying, you're an asshole. I don't poop out shit. (laughs) You know, it's kind of the same thing. But yeah, he shows him the box of pictures. And it's all of Price's pictures from the village. But who else is in those pictures? The chick. Yeah, the interpreter. Yeah. Right. In her camouflage. And he says, where'd you get these from? He said, I got a Frenchie. And then as Alex and Price are leaving, he says, hey, you got any dope? It's hard to, this is a hard place to get dope. <laughs> yeah, that's in my notes as well. And it has to be dawning on Price that he is the reason that yeah. all these people got killed. Yeah. But Alex asks about Raphael, and then Russell and Claire go, and they break into Jesse's place. Jazzy's place. Jazzy's not, place. Yeah. Not Jesse not Smollett. Yeah. Well, th- th- that's the whole thing I said before, how the audio was off, and it's still Jesse at this point in my notes. Uh, and the alarm goes off, and how does Price disarm it? Does he smash it or No, he just rip it off? rips a couple wires out. <laughs> right, right. This is 1983 Nicaraguan uh It's technology. not ADT. It's not providing you know the, the alarm service for Jazzy's little stronghold here. But this is where it says in my notes that Claire has a very flat ass because it's very obvious in this scene. All right. But the soldiers are, they come banging on the door. Claire answers and she says, Oh, I'm just one of his girlfriends. It's okay. It's okay. Everything's okay. And as the soldiers are walking away, they go, he has a lot of girlfriends. Yep. And as that's happening, price has found a, I don't, is it a secret room? I'm not sure. Or it, I that's I have secret room in my notes, but there's pictures on the wall, his pictures, and some of them have an X through them. Yes. Yeah. And it's basically all the rebels that Russell took pictures of. Mm-hmm. And 
Fre- Frenchy Jazzy played him yeah. because he says he knew that I'd find Raphael and I would take pictures of everything because, well, that's what he does. Yeah, the he CIA takes, sent Price basically as a way to find out who Raphael's yeah. peeps were. He takes pictures and he smokes a lot. But <laughs> as they're leaving, Miss Panama comes walking through the front door. She's like, hola. Uh, but that night, the three of them together are together, the little love triangle. And what they are they doing? Admit, they're looking at. Well, they're looking statue. for Raphael. Yes. But then they come upon a, a statue and the president's father flew to Europe to buy the statue. And it was a statue of Mussolini. And all he did was switch out the head. Right. This don't seem to be too great. So I can't wait to hear this one. Here we are. Two guys in love with the same dame. In the tropics, bullets flying. Alex, that's not why we're here. Oh, yeah? I left this country because of this man. I came back because of this man. Now, the cutest couple in town has got me looking up a horse's ass on a midnight tour of Monaco. What's going on? Raphael is dead. In the picture, he's dead? He's dead. All right, how in the hell Who you... cares how? Alex, I think I finally saw one too many bodies. Yeah, it's, it's a weird way to kind of come clean to him because they all have the same profession. Right. And uh, right. they're trying to rationalize why why they did what they did. But honestly, well, what they did is wrong. Yeah. He says, you know, the president's a killer. I thought I could end this sooner. And Alex lays into him. He goes, you stupid son of a bitch. I've seen a thousand Raphaels and a thousand presidents. And he's more pissed that they lied to him. About fucking and, each other than about Raphael yeah, being alive. And dragging him around town. And but he push he pushes price. He goes this, this is this is a this is the motherfucking story. And what am I supposed to do with it? And they're they're back at the hotel, and the TV guy, the voice of Mash, mm-hmm. wants to know if they found Raphael yet. And he says there's a rumor that Raphael is dead. But Alex continues to like play the company line. Yeah, that's he calls bullshit. That's bullshit. Yeah, he's still alive. Uh, Russell feels terrible and he wants to talk, but yeah, Alex does not. No, no. But then the next day he, Alex wants it, price to take him to jazzy. Yeah. Cause that's what he's going to do as an alternate story. He's going to do a story on jazzy. Yeah. So they're driving now through town, which they used to be familiar with, but now there's rubble on the street. The, the buildings are starting to be pockmarked with machine gun fire and, and, Everything looks the same. They don't know where they are. They're all turned around. And he's like, I thought he lived here, but it just, it all feels different. And they watch a soldier shoot a pig. And he says, let's get out of here. And then they do the stupid thing where they stop to get directions. And first Alex goes and he talks to some old bag. And (laughs) she, she, she points him down to the soldiers, like, go get directions from them. Way the fuck down. 
I would keep driving around before I did that. Yeah. And, you know, they've decided they're going back to the hotel. And the interesting thing was uh, this was actually filmed after the majority of they, they did this as a pickup to actually pick it up because they did not film this in the original filming of the film. Oh, really? And they, they filmed this all in downtown Detroit. Oh, okay. actually, this was filmed in Mexico. I know, but I, yeah, they, uh, they stopped. I thought, I, I thought I thought you were leading me to a name no, that no. porn star clip, <laughs> but they stop and Alex gets out and the woman was no help. And Alex has not taken a flag with him. And honestly, I don't think the flag would have done shit for him. But the, the flag yeah. is if you have the white flag, it means one of two things. It means you're either press or French. <laughs> and all the while this is happening, Russell uh, Price is taking pictures. Right. And in my notes says, I think Alex is about to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they take his papers. They make it put his hands up. And he's kind of looking over at Price, kind of smiling. Like, it's like, what eh, the fuck is this? Yeah. What, what the fuck? And then they shoot him. And there is a thing where I don't know if it's the, um, what is, not the trigger. What is it called? Uh, on a camera. Um, it, it's stuck and it's like, and oh. it's taking picture after picture after, after picture. Okay. As the, the soldiers are, are shooting at Price mm-hmm. and he gets hit, but he drives away. Right. But then he's, what's he driving like? You didn't think I was going to be able to pull that up that quick, did you? <laughs> I did not. It's in my notes. <laughs> it's over an embankment. Yeah. And there's a he's, tank after him. They, he's got the whole goddamn Nicaraguan army chasing after him. And he escapes down an alley, and the soldiers are chasing, and he's running. He and, hides in the backyard of some old bag making burrito shells, and she doesn't rat him out. But then what does he do? Uh, he, he crashes through a fence. He crashes through her fence. He knock, She doesn't rat him out, and then he just knocks her whole fucking fence over. But he is so close to the soldiers that are looking for him. He, yeah. He's... 15, 20 feet behind them. Right. And a local waves him over and helps him. And then we go to back to like the city, back to civilization. Mm-hmm. And there's a press conference starting. And uh, I can't remember Richard, the guy's name. Richard Mauser is there and he introduces the president. And the president tells the entire world on camera of Alex's fate while Claire is watching TV. Right. Yeah. He was killed by rebels. Mm-hmm. And Claire starts she, crying. She breaks down. Uh, we're in the hotel lobby. All the press is trying to get the fuck out. They see that this country is starting to crumble, and they 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 want to get just get the fuck out. Yeah, but before that, when when the president gives his press conference, he's done. He walks away, and then Moser's character says, "Anybody have any questions?" Everybody follows the president. Nobody gives a shit about right. Moser there at all, and. The then you're right. All the press is like, yeah, we got to get the fuck out of Dodge, and the TV guy, the guy from Ash, is trying to get a taxi, mm-hmm. and he apologizes to Claire. But Claire is going to go look for Price, and then Hub comes up to her, and what does she say to Hub? Mm. She tells him to fuck off. Oh, does she tell him to fuck off? Okay, and then but we're 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 back in the house where where Price is hiding. And the lady that is hiding him there gives him a pistol. Yes. And so, some soldiers, they're going house to house. They bust in. 
a young soldier comes into the back room where he's hiding, and it's basically a standoff. Yeah. Price has the pistol and like, pointed at him. Yeah, his his superior officer calls out to the guy who is in a standoff with Price, mm-hmm. and Price and this young kid kind of let each other go. Right. And but when, if you were the young kid, wouldn't you like leave the house and go, hey, he's he's in there? Eh, you know, your 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 life flashed before your eyes. You're kind of like, eh. But this whole time, Claire is driving around. So the whole army cannot find Price. Mm-hmm. But Claire, Claire can. can. Yeah. <laughs> she calls for him and finds him. And Price tells her that the soldiers killed Alex, and he has pictures to prove it. They go into a house. Wait, and- you're... You're you're missing an important part here. Am I? She she gets out of her car, and now she's just running around, randomly, aimlessly, oh, is <laughs> looking she? for him. As the soldiers are kind of leaving, and she sees Price running, and she gives chase, and she starts calling out to him. Number one, why didn't he stay where he was? The soldiers were already there; they're not mm-hmm. coming back there. Number two, why is she calling out his name to draw attention? But they get together, and he says he has pictures that prove that the soldiers are the ones that killed Alex. Yes, I just said that. Yeah. Well, I had to get to that point. But they're walking back, and they ask a couple of locals who runs this area. Who runs Border Town? (laughs) And who knows? But they end up going to Jazzy's place. I don't think they knew it was Jazzy's place until they walked in. How could they not? I think they just thought they were going into a random house. How many houses have doors that are I don't know, six feet wide, it, ten it, feet tall? I don't, I don't know. I, I was kind of under the impression that they were just finding a place to hide out, and it turned out that it was Jazzy's place. And he's there, but he's being held at gunpoint by three boys. By a all, bunch of again, kids, yeah. wearing... Like baseball hats. Uh, one's wearing a hard hat, a hard helmet, like yeah, a, a batting helmet. Well, he, it's, it looks like he's wearing one of those helmets you get from, you know, if you're one of the first fifteen thousand people <laughs> right. on like yes. your plastic shitty helmet night <laughs> at yeah. Miller Park. Right, right. The the a bigger size helmet that you would get nachos in. And but she is her recorder, and Jazzy is talking. He's not a hundred percent wrong here about what he's saying, because. He is the bad guy, but he's not. He's saying, you know, you're trading one tyrant for another. Um, and Price says, well, you picked the wrong side. And he said, well, in 20 years, we will know who is right. And one of the guys who's holding the pistol is super nervous. He's yeah, he's sweating shaking. Like a whore in, he's sweating like a whore in church. He's got his finger on the trigger. And he wants to waste them all. He wants to kill all three of them. And one guy says, hey, we want you to take a photo. And. Price says, no photo. Yeah. And that was the whole thing. They kept on asking, take a photo, take a photo. And Mm -hmm. Price was like, nope, not doing it, not doing it. And they they leave. Claire and Price are leaving. And they shoot Jazzy. And then we see the three, these three kids running down the street. But there's a bunch of government soldiers that are in hot pursuit and we hear a bunch of gunfire 
Did they get killed off screen? I don't know. I would assume. Well, I mean, they, they didn't show Jazzy get killed. They showed the after effect with his body, with him bleeding out, but they never right. actually showed it. Correct. But she wants the film. They're not looking for me. They're not looking for me. They're looking for you. And she puts it in the white flag and she's running her way back to the hotel, but she sees a roadblock, goes into a house and gives it to a kid on a bike. Right. And he, he takes the Huge film. risk. Yeah. Yes. Back to the hotel. I, I didn't understand this. All right. Um. So she puts the film in the white flag. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't she just put it in the meat wallet? That's a good question. I mean, that is the most obvious solution to the problem. They might pat her down. They're not going to give her a cavity search. The meat wallet. You're horrible. It's not my she, term. She can't go back to the house and she can't find price. So she runs with a crowd and ends up in a makeshift hospital. I don't think it's an actual hospital. Right. But then she sees there's a TV and she sees that the pictures on TV cries and there's a nurse or a doctor that has this conversation. It's with a her. nurse. Okay. Journalist. You knew the man who was killed? 50,000 Nicaraguans have died. And now a Yankee. Perhaps now Americans will be outraged at what is happening here. Perhaps they will. Maybe we should have killed an American journalist 50 years ago. That was actually one of the clips I had that you you picked as well. So, all right. No, and I I thought it, it's a very valid point. Where when it impacts you, it's one thing. When it impacts other people, it's something completely else. Sure. But how did those pictures get on the news that quick? They've got some magic black room or uh, dark room. I guess. I guess in uh, it was in almost famous. They can send a a page at it's like four minutes a page or something like that over a fax machine or something. Yes. Okay. I don't know. But the the way that they they show it on the news, it reminded me of blowout a little bit because it when oh yeah Alex sure. gets shot and Price his camera is just going it's. It's almost a flip book. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And uh, the, the the president is now shown at the cemetery, and he's digging up the grave of his family. His excavator. There's an excavator div- digging up the, yeah, a grave. Um, a helicopter drops off Miss Panama, and then we see uh, it flashes on the screen uh, July 17th, 1979, the president flees to Miami with the bodies of his father and brothers. Yeah. And there's there's a coffin strapped to the roof of a Mercedes Benz, like a like a stack of two-by-fours, like you're coming from Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> but Claire wakes up, and that's just same joke. She's in Detroit. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, apparently the rebels have won. Yes. And Claire makes her way back to the hotel. And she's still looking for Price, and Price is just hanging out on the balcony. 
Yeah. No longer wounded. Yeah, he didn't didn't seem to have any ill effects from the gunshot wounds he got. From the gunshot. No. No. And they are carrying the people in the street are there's the tanks and there's backhoes and there's half tracks that are all carrying the rebels and they're carrying a coffin through town shouting Raphael's name. Is that their flag that's draped over it? I think so. I'm I'm not sure. But who who's leading the cheers over to the microphone? Uh, is it the translator? Yes, yeah, the translator, the interpreter. All right. Yep. But then Oates sees him, and he's in a Hawaiian shirt. Yes. <laughs> and he want uh, Price wants to know why he's there, and uh, John Glenn is drinking a rum and coke. <laughs> yeah. And Glenn also wants to know if Price is going to turn him in, and he says he'll see him in Thailand. That must be the next big hot spot. Yes. Although this. I mean, this is factual, but then, I mean, the Sandinistas were uh, considered communists, so then they started getting Russian support, and that's when we started backing the Contras. Oliver North and all that kind yeah. of stuff, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think Nicaragua is still a mess. I, I, uh, I would imagine it is. Yeah that in Honduras and yeah still a mess but it's interesting you know countries like Costa Rica down there um not a mess but uh Price and Claire I thought it was a car it's actually a taxi which I guess is kind of a car yes it's a car and he opens the door for her and Mm -hmm. then is the very last line of the movie you think we fell in love with too much? I'd do it again. Convict. Um, <laughs> but over over the credits, they show photos, and I wondered if not all of them, but were some of these actually photos that Nick Nolte took during the filming of this? Guilty. Uh, I didn't watch the credits, <laughs> so I didn't. I did not see the the photos. Was it a freeze frame? To. So no. But no. movie's over, your movie, right. you go first. Um, I mean, did it hold up? I guess so. If I had seen all of it. Was it great? No. Was it bad? No. But for me it was just it was just kind of there. Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah. Um there is a half an hour of, of a great film in here. Mm-hmm. And it is about from the one ten mark to the one forty mark somewhere in there of this film is really, really good. And there, what's that? What part is that? What's that half hour? Uh, it, it's, it starts after they go to the Island. Okay. And then before that it's, it's a slow burn, but it's too slow of a burn and the payoff isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. And then the back half of it isn't enough either. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. It was okay. I mean... Uh, would you recommend it? I mean, I'm not going to go out and shout from the rooftops, you must see Under Fire. But if somebody said, hey, I've never seen Under Fire, hey, give it a whirl. Yeah, I, w- I would say no. Okay. Well, this may sound silly to you, but kids go completely ape if you do three things in a picture. Defy authority, destroy property, and take people's clothes off. Eh. Yeah, we were robbed of that flat ass. Yes. 
and her mortal. And now it's time for Jen's two second movie review. I like Biloxi Blues better. That was Jen's <laughs> two second movie review. Jen! I'm sorry. I love that. <laughs> she actually recorded another one that was longer. I'm like, that's way more than two seconds. She's like, let me redo it. Okay. All right. I like that segment. It's quick. <sighs> so, um, any last thoughts on the film? No. Watch you watching? All right, I'll go first. Um, I watched the first episode of Winning Time: Rise of the Lakers on HBO. Okay, that's on the list, possibly for me to watch. Please continue. It's, yeah, I mean, it's okay. It's I hate how they, no matter what these days, they have to take a dig at Donald Trump, and it's like. Just fucking get over it. He's not the president anymore. Rent free. Living rent yeah. free. Yes. Uh, I watched a couple episodes of The Boys Diabolical on Amazon. It's an am- animated series. Okay. Is that from, worth watching? Or There's a couple that are. Most of them are not. There's a bunch of anime and... and, it's, and oh, like that's the, the Star Wars thing that yeah, was whatever. As soon as I saw, like I watched, started an episode, and as soon as I saw that it was anime, nope, I'm out. But there's a couple of them that are that are good. There's one or two of them that are really good. The guy who um, plays Homelander apparently is in a little bit of trouble for something. He got arrested for a bar fight or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, he'll get out of it. Uh, I watched Against the Ice with Jamie Lannister on Netflix. It's okay. You You won't like it. Okay, I'm telling you right now, <laughs> that some things happen to some dogs. You won't like it. Yeah, it's, it basically revolves around a trip ac- uh, across Greenland with dog sleds. Oh, Jen like w- got very upset at the beginning of this film with the abuse of the elephants. Oh, <laughs> did you watch the entire credits and where it says at the end, no elephants were harmed during the filming of this movie? No, it said actually a shitload of elephants were harmed. <laughs> Fuck them, they're elephants. <laughs> Signed uh, uh, Barnum. <laughs> yeah, yes. I watched, I finished Yellow, Yellowstone season three and watched the first episode of season four. I can see how what would happen seeing that you originally missed episode 10 and jumped right into season. <laughs> like, a little confusing. Well, you were probably thinking, okay, this is like a flashback, a flash forward, a flash forward and they're going yeah. to show flashbacks throughout the course of this episode. Yeah. How much of that episode did you get into before you realized your mistake? Like five minutes. Oh, all right. I watched uh, Justice League Injustice on HBO. It's a cartoon movie where Superman kind of goes off the rails after Lois Lane is killed and the Joker drops a nuclear bomb on Metropolis. Eh, it it was quick. And then I watched the trailer for Kenobi. Yep. A little worried. Not a lot there. No. Uh, I mean, they show stuff on Coruscant. Um, you think I, that's Coruscant? You think that's Coruscant? I think that's, that's Coruscant, yeah. All right. I think Joel Edgerton has had some work done. Okay. He's the guy who plays Uncle Owen. Right. His Around the eyes, looking a little different. All right. Uh, so You all done? Yeah. Okay, so I continue to hate watch Billions. Mm-hmm. Um. Started watching the last season of The Amazing Race. Um, we tend to let it go all the way through, then we binge watch it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, watched for the second time 
in the last year, uh, Class Action Park. All right. Which is a documentary about. Yeah. It it's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I actually finished watching Picard. I, I noticed you did not mention Picard. No, I it's watching these episodes of Yellowstone really kind of hooked me in. Uh huh. So, yeah. So it might be a minute. Picard. So I got to worry about advancing you on Yellowstone more than yeah. advancing you on Picard. Right. Well, if if I get through, uh, you know, Yellowstone, I'll uh, and well, there's, there's only no two episodes, episodes of Picard so far. So right, I'll watch those. I gotta I gotta download some stuff for my trip to the to the submarine. Lights out is at midnight. And I may tell them, hey, we're going to do lights out at 11. Because, I mean, midnight, I ain't going to sleep at midnight. I'm probably going to be lying there in my bunk for a couple of hours before I get even any kind of winks of sleep. So I'm going to have to download some stuff to watch on my phone. You can do that off plaques. I know I can. I figured it out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Patrick Stewart, I'm sorry. I love the guy. He's been great. He was a great Professor X. He was great as Jean-Luc Picard. He's too old to still be working. Yeah. He looks old as fuck. I know. I remember say, thinking that last season. Going, you know, It's just... much, much worse. Really? Yeah. It, it It's bad. All right. All right. So. Uh... Howdy, partners. Now it's time for Listener Reaction Roundup. Yee-haw! All right, this comes from friend of show Ricky, Matt and Doug. I am sorry, Matt. Yes, you are funny too. In the Mischief podcast at the one hour, 45 minute, 24 second mark, Matt said the following. If you look at the KM perspective, Ricky would probably be the one that doesn't know for sure that I know listeners, that, that I know listens, that probably would. Wait, what? Does that mean you think I know or don't think I know? No, I don't know who Dorsey Levins is. I would be interested in knowing. While we are talking KM, who is Lawn Chair? <laughs> I don't think he'd gra- know Lawn Chair. No, well, we'll get to that. Fart with gravy. May God grant you time to relive this moment in shame. As always, great podcast, Ricky Davies. Um, I sent him a side-by-side comparison of the Dorsey real Dorsey Levens, Levens yeah. Yeah. and okay. then the other Dorsey Levens. And Does this happened in the last hour? <laughs> no, this happened this, this morning. Okay. Uh, and I was hoping for a response from him. Uh to see what he would say. Cause I pulled a picture of her from now a current picture of her mm-hmm. and then a kind of current picture of Dorsey Levins. And I, I said, I'm not saying she's an ugly woman. She's a handsome she's woman. Yeah. She, she's just, she just looks, has similar features to uh, a very handsome man. So, and then I told him who Launcher was as well. And, and he said, who? <laughs> well, I, like I said, I did not get a response. I was hoping for a, a response, but I did not get one. Okay. That it? That's it. I'm so excited, and I just can't hide it. Three degrees for next week's movie, and I think I like it. Believe it or not, I'm actually very prepared for this part. All right. So I have three. I will give you the hard one the medium one, and then the easy one. All right. Uh, Nick Nolte plays Russell or Price in this week's film. Nolte plays Lucas in 1989's Three Fugitives. Alan Ruck plays Tenor in that film. Ruck plays Roger in next week's 1983 film. Roger, 1983. So with Charlie Sheen? 
Nick Nolte plays Russell or Price in, in this week's film. Nolte plays Max Hoover in 1996 Mulholland Falls. Andrew McCarthy plays Jimmy Fields in that film. McCarthy plays Jonathan in next week's 1983 film. Oh, is this class? Where'd I put it? Yes, we are doing class. All right. So the other one was Jacqueline Bissett because Nolte and Bissett were both in the deep. The deep. Yes. So we get to see young Andrew Andrew, Andrew McCarthy pretend to hang himself. (laughs) Yeah. I I want it's I enjoyed it when I saw it a year ago. So. All right. Okay. Yeah, I I don't know. Am I going to go with uh, coming of age films or just films with somebody named Jonathan for this season? Oh, uh, I guess we'll see. I don't know. It's, it's I remember seeing it. Uh, what is it on anything? It was on HBO Max. I don't know if it still is. Okay. But uh, you know, it made me want to fuck someone in an elevator, which is something I've never done, and I know you have not either because I've asked it. Multiple times. Multiple times. Every time we see an elevator. Have you ever had sex in an elevator? Yeah. All right. Uh, Hey, thanks everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you find fine podcasts. But if you're on iTunes, rate and review. Give us a five-star rating. Write a funny little, hey, these guys are great. They make me laugh. They make my day. Uh, You can find us on Facebook, Betamax Rewind with Matt and Doug, or send us an email like Ricky does, uh, or friend of show Mike, at uh, betamaxrewind at yahoo.com. Join us for class next week uh, with Rob Lowe as well. Yep. What, what did Mike say? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying that's that's how he's, he's – he's one of two people that have emailed the show via Yahoo. Yeah, you offered – do you ever pay out that prize? No, I haven't. I haven't. I still have <laughs> – It's like a year and a half later. I still have – it's still literally sitting in a cardboard tube on my workbench. So – one of these days, I'll get it. I have his address. So, uh, last thing. Uh, minor point, but who has to link to the following week? Uh, what movie are we doing? Solo. Solo? Um, you. Okay, fine. Yep, my week. My week. Sounds good. We will see you next week for class, which I do not believe has an immunity. I thought Jacqueline Bissett got naked in it. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, we'll see. All right. Sounds good. We will see you next week. See you later.